0: Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast.
1: Whitney, it looks like we're going to crank this one up to 88 miles per hour. Really?
2: Then what happens next? Well, I guess pinball parts go boom because, man, I'm sitting here in your basement and... uh, uh, I will say this, Brent. Uh, it's impressive. What, know, the the, the impressive, amount
1: well, impressive is is a word. Well, <laughs>
2: it, the sheer amount of uh, take it apartedness that I'm looking at right here, it's uh, pretty well unmatched. H- have you ever seen an automatic transmission come apart, Whitney? Uh, not not on its own, but uh, <laughs> let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> you haven't lived until you've seen an automatic transmission dump itself out of the bottom of a car at a racetrack. But yeah. That's another conversation. Yeah, and then, for and a then just completely show. blow up. Yes, in, exactly. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pinball machines are like automatic transmissions, Whitney. <laughs> if you've ever seen an automatic <laughs> transmission come apart and it's spread out uh-huh. for your eyes to see, and yes. it's like all of this stuff uh-huh. came out of that. Out of that box. And that's kind of what happens with a pinball machine. And yeah. uh, I've done that twice.
2: It is... Uh, i will say this it does give one respect for the amount of engineering that goes into the games
1: i will i will say that i i think it should give some respect to my level of insanity or craziness <laughs> well, I mean, look at this it, mess it's, uh, i mean seriously man
2: pinball went boom is the, uh, the best the, way to say it? the broken wow. token
1: classic arcade and pinball podcast studio is a little cramped because of everything whitney's talking about we've I've mentioned on on episodes leading up to you know the old eighty eight here, and he just yeah. he it, I'm still amazed he he transitioned right out of the Back to the Future reference. Yeah,
2: well, I was going to come back to it because it, it, the one thing that just went to my mind, it's like pinball goes boom, and it's like you took the whole boom
1: shaka-laka thing and just
2: really <laughs> ran with
1: it, is it's what you did all over. It is so it since is. the last episode, I have torn apart the two getaways that I have been threatening forever to build. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully uh, I'll mention here, my voice sounds okay. I, as you know, long time listeners of the show know, I tend to always be the one that gets the, oh, I get the voice like this after we go to a show, which is coming up, Louisville Arcade Expo. It, it's right around the corner. Absolutely. Yep. You know what? I, in, uh, another side note on the side note, uh, we need to make sure we talk on this episode about our streaming schedule.
2: Uh, true. Yeah, and Yes, it, good point. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure that gets in the show notes. Yeah, so, and for yep.
1: listeners of the show, uh, it's just, uh, it's the same... Uh, I'm assuming, Whitney, we haven't really talked about it because we generally do the same every we do, year. We do the same thing every 7 year. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. on the Friday night and the Saturday night of the show, and that's coming up. We'll talk about the show actually a little bit later in yes. the show. Yeah, yep. So anyway, yeah, my voice is a little weak because uh, we're in that season here, that wonderful allergy season here in Louisville, so bear with me, everybody. I might have to cough um, a couple times and whitney sequestered himself over in a corner and what little space we have down here amongst all the getaway parts yeah. that we cannot get away from
2: yeah i could <laughs> that, that's good i can throw up a shield here <laughs> and so if you cough or you know toss pinballs or
1: you know huck ramps or whatever it's like I, i'm good so wedged I'm, I'm wedged here tidally between the hulks of two getaways which are behind me playfields up and i've stripped them down whitney they have been thoroughly cleaned, and my gosh, these are the dirtiest pens that I have ever had apart. I don't believe they had ever, ever come been touched. Part. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, uh, actually, with both of them, I, I, I thought I had, so I was going through my normal process of trying to make sure all the electronics were working, making sure all the coils were firing, just kind of getting all that worked out mm-hmm. to get a good idea of parts I needed before I took them apart. And... I, I came to the I, I was coming to the conclusion that I had massive lamp problems and, and GI and controlled, okay, on one of the games. And then I realized I have them back to back here, and I realized, yeah. wait a minute, this I got the same thing going on with both of these. They were almost all just burned out. Ooh, I man. noticed yeah. on one of the games, I thought, all the GIs out on this game. And then I realized, well, there's one lamp here way back in the corner, and there's a lamp here, yeah, wait a minute, and I got looking, and you know you know how the old uh incandescent lamps when they like they burn out like a comet or like a a meteor entering the atmosphere and they flame <laughs> out and they they kind of get that silvery glow, <laughs> and then they're gone they're gone, well, yeah. that's how the majority of these lamps were oh, I see the, the, yeah. I really do not think that these had ever been a part. I could tell they would had some cursory cleaning because I had like wax dribbles down in some of the, some of the cutouts as I took the play field apart, but man, these things were dirty, 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 dirty. All the ramps, all the metalwork, everything. I,
2: I mean, it's all, it, yeah. It's I haven't cleaned any of out. it yet.
1: It's all laid out on a, what is that, about a six-foot table, me? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Six yeah, six-foot. Yeah, So table. that's all the metalwork, all the wire forms, the plastics, the supercharger bodies, everything off both games. Hmm. And then over here to your right on that other card table, in the process over the years of owning these, I had gotten off of eBay somebody that had... A, had parted a game out and i bought all their plastics so that's a plastic set What i was really actually after was the uh, the traffic light assembly it's laying right there in the middle because one of these was actually missing that traffic light oh man so that's the spare set of plastics for the most part and then i've turned my pinball machines i've laid towels across (laughs) them so that (laughs) i don't damage them oh yes yes but i've turned them into parts holders yes and one of the things I sent you a picture of this on my Jurassic Park is that the the parts well the, it's not what it is actually yeah but I'm using it as is a, a, like a parts organizer yeah yeah so actually there's there's one right there to your left Whitney. Right here, yes, and uh, that is actually yours.
2: Oh well, thank you, sir. So I got
1: you one. So why don't you describe? Awesome. Let me take a little sip of this water. I want you to describe to everyone what that is. Yeah. So this this is
2: a what what will we call this, Brent? I'm not gonna let you drink your water. It's like a heavy PVC plastic. It's 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 it feels or looks and feels like it.
1: Actually, supposed to go in a toolbox as a tool tool organizer. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's like a tool tray. I mean, vacuum formed and everything. It's got some small compartments, medium and and large compartments, and that is really nice. I appreciate that, and if we look at this, it is a U.S. General eleven compartment drawer organizer. So, so I'll take a picture of it and put the put we'll, the label and stuff in the
1: show. We'll notes. We'll put a link That's in the awesome. show notes. Thank those you. are at Harbor Freight. And oh, nice. Now I'm going to go ahead. You you know you shouldn't really ask and you shouldn't really tell the 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 value of a gift. <laughs> but it's Harbor Freight. Yeah. So those are like. Six dollars, yeah, fair enough. For, you it, know, it is the thought that counts, and then you though. thank you, Whitney. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I know I'm cheap. Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the you
2: know, something though. The good thing about it is, I've got gifts in, inside my bag. Right oh, you? for you. <laughs> well, look yes, at that. Yes, and a couple of them, uh, a couple of them actually come from
1: uh, <clears throat> oh, Whitney's got it now across the pond. Oh, sweet. Yes, yes, so I've actually got pictures of these. I've got two of them up on my Jurassic Park, and in one of them, I put all the LEDs. That I so when I when I stripped the games down, finally got to the point of stripping the games down. That's when I like to go through and say if I'm going to color match LEDs and if I'm going to do rubber other than just like a standard white or a black. If I do Titan, I make decisions as to what colors I'm going to make or put uh, put put back in. Yeah, yeah, make those decisions at teardown time. So, I that that was part of all of as I, everything come apart and that pre work checking all the electronics out, making all my parts lists. I did go through and I pulled out my little sample box of Cointaker LEDs. I, we've talked about this on the yeah. show before. Mm-hmm. The the LED styles that Cointaker sells that I like, I've got one of each color in each base, the 47 and then the, the 555 type base. Now I can go through the game and just try them and all the inserts And I would suggest people do that if you're looking to LED games. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. I don't particularly care for their orange LEDs under an insert, even an orange insert. Oh, really? Why does it it just? It just doesn't. At least the ones that I have. uh I don't know. Maybe they're different now because the ones i have are a few years old yeah they're, they're just not that bright interesting because yeah. when
2: i did my tron i put whites under under the colors and i'd put like yellow under the orange just to see how it would kind of wash it out maybe a little bit or how it would make the orange just have a little bit of a different facet of color mm-hmm. and i found that in in every case i found that regardless of the color Color matching the insert gave gave it the fullest color. So, so that was just me. Yeah, I
1: haven't found that with... I haven't had good luck with orange for whatever reason. Yeah, okay. It, what I'll usually use under an orange insert is I'll use a white uh-huh. or I'll use a red. Yeah, okay. Is is Just so, you know, that that's just the way it works out. And I haven't had good luck with yellow either. Now, uh, under a yellow insert, I tend to use a white or actually just a white. And where I'll use yellow is as if I've got like on uh, Adams and and then even on where's the Adams at? Is there supposed to be yellow little sock on it at on a, at the chair? I can't recall and I can't see because my Adams is covered up right now. Or it might be back by the vault. Oh, I okay. So that that's a good place for yellow because the yellows, at least in the LED types that I like, which are the the frosteds and in the supers, they're I, and I know you like yours much brighter than I like mine. That, that, <laughs> I that's the difference. I do. Yeah. Uh, that could be the difference there. Uh, the yellows are fine, even just straight at the eye, to me, because they're not super, super bright for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and that—that's actually what worked out here for getaway on the left ramp that feeds into the supercharger deal uh-huh. there is a, a a little panel if you will that tells you that you know what's qualified what's ready whether it's the supercharger or I can't read it I'm actually looking at it it's a little board it's got plastic it's a plastic and the lamps are inset into it uh-huh. and one of them's yellow so yellow works great in there yeah. i just it just doesn't work well under inserts at least not in my experience. Yeah.
2: And and so I guess maybe it's just the color scheme of the game, or maybe it's just the age of the
1: insert. And just maybe if it's a little cloudier or something like
2: that, I don't know.
1: And then again, like I said, I know you like the, the next, the, the, like the, where are are the, what ones do you like? I can't remember the It's the, the
2: two led They're They're called the the two led. Um, I have to go back and look. Is that the
1: ones that were like, the, the the coin taker supplied for Stern before Stern mm-hmm. went basically yeah. to the yeah, and, and I've got I've got an assortment of those too, yeah. and I've used those in a few locations. Yeah,
2: they're the they're the you know, the, pre, the premium. They're the two LED premium non ghosting. That, that's what that's what they're called. Okay, I'd have to go back and make sure make sure that that's what they're still called on the website. But that's that's what they were
1: when I ordered them. Now that I think about it, I probably should have actually tried those in the yellow. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. yeah, I I took what I had. And the, on the teardowns, when I make those decisions, made all that list out, made my Titan order list out and then <laughs> multiplied it by two, you know, because there's two games here. Yeah, and then yeah. where the parts organizers really come in handy is, is I can put all the LEDs out in the individual little bins and then I'm not just digging through bags. Some of the colors that I ordered, they they would just group them in a, in a larger bag. And that makes sense. I'm, there's no problem with that at all. It just keeps everything in, in yeah. one kind of tidy spot. And the yep. bigger the bigger bins, I, I poured out all the white, mm. whether it's the 47 or the 555 base. And the little smaller pockets, I put in all the individual colors. Yeah, I'm going through these games, and I'm, I'm going taking all the mechs apart and replacing yeah. all the cool sleeves and cleaning anything out and replacing any end links that are broke and all that fun stuff. Pour that in the bin. And then... After, and, and I've actually got pictures of these. I'll put them up on our hey, Facebook do you, page. Do you need to borrow a bin? Because I you, almost, you, might, you might need that back. Dude, I almost <laughs> used the third one. Yeah, I'll be honest I with it. you. I almost, it, almost used the third one. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be so bad if I wasn't doing two games. Yeah, yeah. But the second one I've got set up, I tumbled all the hardware and all the smaller metal work that would fit in the tumbler. Mm-hmm. And then when it came out, and after I washed it down and dried it, that's what's in the other. The other uh, uh, organizer. Yeah. So, and what I used to do is I would do the same thing, but I would do it in cups and little little bowls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I like this a little better. I because you can just pick it up and move it all. Yeah, yeah, in one shot. In one shot, you just have to hope you don't trip. That's you know, the big all, thing about it. That has entered my mind. Yes, and that's why it's the, everything is staying right where it is <laughs> on that towel on my Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's probably good. <laughs> well, the main thing is you got it all in one spot. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I cannot believe when I <laughs> I have not done anything like this before. When I saw those wandering around Harbor Freight, I was I looked at it I was like. Oh, I could use this for something. Yeah. And it's not what it's intended for. Exactly, so.
2: but you know, I, I, it it all works out. When, it all works out when you can find something that's got a, a bit of universal universal application to it like that and I, I do the same thing i mean i will see things that i buy and i stick on a shelf because it's like i, I don't need that now but i, I know, know what it, i could I, use it for. i know what i'm going to be able to use it for
1: and they don't take up a lot of space you'd nah, ask me when i nah, sent they you they a don't. picture yeah what are they about two inches thick mm. and then they'll they'll tops, stack tops, yeah. Tops, yeah. yeah then they'll stack on top of each other mm. so if you add a second one you're only going to add maybe about an inch yeah. or three quarters of an inch to yeah. the stack
2: you know that i mean so that's that's, no, that's nice and what's good about that is that the the large bins here you could actually fit a socket and ratchet or a, a few sockets and a ratchet in a medium extension and things like that yeah. and and it wouldn't walk away from you while well you're working if it. you could see the how many 10 millimeter sockets would this oh, a ton. that's the question <laughs> a ton. that's the question because Pen- that's where they all go
1: yes that's where they all go Ten. yes yeah if you if you can't see it from there but the the bin that's got my LEDs in it one of the larger pockets was available and that has become the collection point for all the smaller tools that I've been using yeah. so they don't roll around and land on the floor yep. like all the small screwdrivers and the picks and all that that's where it's landed so you're you're spot on yeah it works yep i, I cannot re- this is, is, i cannot recommend these more it's so inexpensive and it's so much help for somebody shopping a game just don't knock it over. <laughs> yeah. Once, once all your eggs are literally in the same basket, it can be a little dangerous. Yeah,
2: I get that, but, but they are nice. I, I, I will say that they are nice. So yeah. Number one, thank you. Appreciate oh, that. I, I will get, I will get some use out of it. No doubt about it.
1: So I, the other part of this is, man, when you do two games, the, I totaled up the, the money spent between Marco pinball life titan and uh coin taker and i i don't mind saying whitney it was it was almost a thousand dollars now here's the thing i'm not going to make light of that because that's almost
2: a thousand dollars yeah but at the same point in time it doesn't surprise me no because this hobby is what it is now in, in that in the
1: mix but,
2: but i feel for you
1: because yeah. i mean that's uh, that's cash there, there was there was a few extras in there like I uh, ordered some lamp sockets well I'm going to go ahead and order three or four extra and put them in my parts thing yeah. you know I did order there was a set of legs in there okay and um like uh, and I'll be honest you know there's a nice set on my Adams mm-hmm but the Atoms is staying. Mm-hmm. So the Atoms is going to get the new set, yeah, and the okay. nice set that's on the Atoms is yeah. going to go on a getaway that has an absolutely ratty, crappy set. <laughs> exactly. And the so. ratty, crappy set's going to go away. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so it, it works out. And uh, I did... There was a $25 part. This is one of those... When you have to have it, you have to have it. It's acting. Hold. Let me reach back here and get it. And don't throw shoulder at or anything. No, I yeah. oh, could have. So it's basically... um like the bottom half of this this part is, is exactly what you would have like on an up kicker, uh-huh. like on a plunger for an up kicker uh-huh. or the plunger for like an auto plunge on whatever game, a day to east, even yeah. a stern. And then on the end of it, instead of having, if it was an up kicker, it would have like a little cup on it. And if it was a, a an auto plunger, it would have like a little plastic nubbin on it that punches the ball.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got a... Uh, a a metal, I don't know. It just, it just it's another metal. It's another piece of metal. It's the same diameter as the plunger itself, and the end of it's got some machine work on it, and then it's it's machined down to a probably about a number eight diameter threaded pin on the end of it. Okay. So that part alone was like twenty five or twenty six bucks. Yeah. And it's it's only used in my Star Wars. Oh, I see. And this part on the bi- in the center of Star Wars, <laughs> there's this it's almost like a gate and it's oh it's probably three inches wide and it's that very center shot on a Star Wars episode one. So there's a rebound rubber that's on this assembly until you get into a particular mode or a part of a mode, then this this plunger lifts that whole deal so you can go through and under it and then get into the saucer that's behind oh, it. Oh that's behind it. And yeah. and mine is Workable, but very, very worn. I see, and they they finally came back into stock at Marco. So you know there was twenty five dollars of yeah. it. So all that, yeah. all told, I probably honestly of that was probably eight fifty, mm-hmm. eight seventy five. You think about shipping and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for these two games, yeah, for yeah. the two getaways, oh, it adds it
2: adds up, man.
1: It adds I, up. I, you need to sell those things, man. I, well, <laughs> I would. So th- the plan was to keep one and for whatever reason i don't hear it in your voice right now i got about 14 minutes in (laughs) you said this i'm done i i just this getaway can be gone i just and this goes back to that 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 same discussion we always have which is space 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 and I, i i'll be honest i haven't played a lot of getaway but for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem appealing to me like it's worth keeping in in the game room that I have yeah. versus some games that I have already that I know I would like to keep mm-hmm. and a title or two that I know that if I ever come across I'd want. Mm-hmm. So Really? Like what? Oh well just the same the same old same old. You know, oh, I'd still oh, like oh, to have a okay. Mustang premium.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah for example. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, we've got some love for Mustang later in the oh, show. Oh, do we? Oh, okay. Yes we do. Yes we do. And, <sighs>
1: so yeah honestly it is such a good game
2: too man mm-hmm. i mean it's so underappreciated and it's so much fun but yeah i, I get it
1: so yeah it's uh it, the writing's on the wall they're both going to end up being sold okay gotcha. and, they're going to they're going to go for sale so right now uh, along with a bunch of video games i'm taking three pins to louisville arcade expo hmm. i'm taking bo- both of the getaways yeah and firepower is going with okay. me okay gotcha gotcha that's a pretty. Yep. Good, that's a pretty good
4: run.
2: So, and and then how many video games are you looking to take?
1: Well, I'm going to take the old standby, the Pac-Man Cabaret. That's there. And yeah, that that has become like our unofficial green room. There you know, yeah. I'll put it right across from the booth, and then people that are waiting to get on the show generally hover around it. and They're playing <laughs> it, and you know, yeah. and then when we're ready and we we have a seat, then we'll Ro-
2: know,
1: rotate them in. Rotate them in. So that's going. Of course, the cartoon theater's going. Uh huh. And uh, uh, Joe, last show, he yeah. asked uh, about Rip Off. Ah, yeah, so, yeah. Rip Off's going to go. Oh, you're going to pull that one out. Yep. Okay. And then I'm going to try to take at least one more, whether Scramble will go or maybe that the Red Alert that I've got will go. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: Red Alert would be I, nothing against Scramble. Scramble's great. Red, red Alert would be neat to see out, though. I haven't played that in a while. So, yeah. yeah and Unique game. Nobody sees that. Yeah, exactly. You could
1: know, play Scramble on a 60 one uh-huh. honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- so lots of ways. It, yeah. it, it'll probably end up being the red alert. It, it, in in all honesty, it is actually closer in terms of being ready to just go on a truck mm-hmm. than than my scramble is, yeah, so it's t- probably yeah. going to be in red alert. I, I get that, yeah. Yep. All right. And then just one other thing, and the, you can't have this. I haven't even actually <laughs> used it yet. So reach down there to your left, and there's a box down there with a, a picture of a little air stapler on it. You see it right there? Yeah. Yeah, that would be this right here. So yeah, yeah. I just got that. And I open it up, and it's just a. I think it was forty eight bucks yeah, on Amazon.
2: Yeah, it says it's an upholstery stapler kit. Yes.
1: So yeah. open, pull the pull the air stapler out, and see, see if you notice right off the bat what's different about that than your typical little like air Brad nailer or air stapler. He's in there digging. He's a guy in his hand. It's not hooked up, so you're not going to shoot yourself in the. No, thigh. no, no. It's all
2: good. It's all good. <laughs>
1: It's got a do you notice what's different about it? If you've never messed with an air stapler, you probably don't no, write off. No,
2: no, I mean I have I have one at my house. I it's just I haven't put my hands on it in over a year, so I'm just trying to visualize
1: it versus yeah. this one. So it's got a snout on it. It's got a long nose on it. So the intention with that is is it, and whoever told you about my hatred for pop bumpers? Um no. Oh no my goodness. I, I hate hate. And I know hate's a strong word and it's warranted here. I hate disassembling pop bumpers because of the light. Oh, I see. You've got to unsolder the lamp socket and pull the socket out. And on a lot of games, or pretty much every game that I can think of, they are, um, it, it's it's not wire. It's actually like flat, flat steel. Mm-hmm. So then they go through and they fold out and they're stapled to the bottom of the play field. And then the wire harness itself is soldered to that, that piece of, that piece of metal. Oh, so when you get in and you try to just, when you start disturbing all that stuff and, and and I know you can do it, there's, there's modern air quote replacements where it's the same socket and it's just got a wire lead out of it. And I've yeah, used those. Nice. I, I've used those. And the downside I've run into them is, is that you can't get them as low as you can. The one with the metal, the metal bar, if you will, I don't know how to differentiate it between a, a, Classic wire with insulation on it in a podcast format. If you've ever seen them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But
2: consider just flat wire. Yeah, flat wire. Flat Flat
1: uninsulated wire. Flat uninsulated wire, correct. Well, the type with just a wire lead off of it. You can't easily get the socket as low in the body of the pop bumper, Mm -hmm. and then you start having clearance problems by the time you put a cap on it. You've really kind of – what you make up for in saving time wiring it, you're always kind of squirreling around with trying to get the 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 wire flex The fitment right. The fitment right, yeah. Yeah. So where that comes handy is with that long nose, you can reach down – or up, however you want to look at it, into the wiring, past the wiring and everything else, to get to the play field to restaple everything back in. When you, oh, When you reassemble yeah, one,
2: yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, i've I've got it. I've got a small. It, it's. I think it's a. I think it's a Hitachi. I have to go back and look at it. It's. It's a really. It's, it's a super small Brad nailer. Yeah. That is yep. that is used in much the same way. It's got the snout on it is not exactly as long as this, but. I can totally see where this would be handy. It would be it would be a step saver because you can you can really easily get to you know get yes, whatever yep. you need that, you need to hit.
1: See and I've got an, a a regular air stapler, which is basically that without that nose. Without on
2: it. without the snout on it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. then you know that gives like you, that.
1: that gives you what, an extra three, three and a half inches. Three inches easy. Where you easily. can get kind of past everything and shoot that staple in there and lock everything. Here, down. I'm going to take a picture of this so we can put it in
2: the show notes. I do. Yeah. Like and that.
1: we'll have to get a link to the Amazon uh, auction or not auction crud. I, I say auction cause I actually was looking at them on eBay as well, just to see where the, where the pricing was better. And, and, and as you would imagine at that price point, and, and I didn't go high end cause you could get specialty upholstery stuff that is, Hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the tool because those those folks use the, them every day, every day, yeah, thousands of times a day, and they need high quality stuff. I think that was it was under fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and that that came with a bunch of staples. Yeah.
2: And, and I'm it, sure for the amount of time that you're going to use it, it'll it's be just fine. fine. It'll, yeah. it'll
1: be just fine. Yeah, it, you, you'd be surprised if you look across Amazon to eBay they're the same yeah. in that price yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. The, the color, the color of the molding on the handle, mm-hmm. the molding is the same, the color of the plastic or the plastic rubber, or whatever it no, is, no, or no, the soft bar- plastic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might be different. Yeah. The barrel but, color might be different, but it's all the same. The same. Yeah. I just, I chose that one because it, it came with an assortment of staples and the price was roughly equivalent. Yeah, so yeah. no, no, it looks, it looks like it would do a good job. And,
2: if you need that particular piece of equipment, I, there's no substitute for it. I mean, you've, you're going to tear everything up trying to trying to do its job without using that tool.
1: So the the last time I did one and had to restaple, what I ended up doing was taking staples and I, I just pulled the staples out with a needle nose plier, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I was for whatever reason I thought ahead and I set them aside, and then I t- had to take a needle nose plier. Hold them and push them in one side at a time back in the original holes to get everything tacked down because yeah. I couldn't get in there yeah. with a stapler. Yeah, yeah. you just no, couldn't. I, I, I get it. Yeah. You had all your wiring and everything in the way. Yeah, you couldn't get a stapler down in there. Yeah, <laughs> it. it
2: uh, well, that's uh, we'll, we'll call that hashtag pro tip. Yeah, is <laughs> what we call that. Yeah, as much as I cannot
1: stand that that word, but <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So yeah, man, that's been my month since the last show has been anything and everything surrounding these getaways well
2: you've i mean you've been doing pretty good i mean it's work with a purpose and that's what matters Uh, to get them out of my life that's the purpose (laughs) that's that's exactly right me i just feel like i've i've stumbled around a little bit on on a a few projects i actually ran into i'll talk about this here in a second i actually ran into a problem on one of my one of my pinball machines and it's not one that I think that I can easily solve the, the more, the more research that I've done about this. So, so Brent, as I've been working on with, with the construction the house, I'm working on kind of getting my game room out of mothballs and stuff. I, I started, uh, started doing some code updates to my games and might've been my, my games have actually, as I started looking at them and documenting what code or what game code versions they were on versus what's current today, I was actually fairly far behind on like every single one of my games. Okay. And so uh, one thing that I, that I did do is, trying to make this a little bit easier in the future is I went through and I ordered some USB extension cables for each one of the games, to just, pull, so, just to pull
1: the, to pull the, the
2: port, port down the coin door, to pull the port down the corn door, to pull the port down the coin door. That's exactly right. And so these are essentially three meter cables. Uh, pick those up. You can pick them up anywhere. I, I mean, Amazon is, is going to be, is going to be probably as easy as, as any place. If you're, if you're concerned about consistency and quality and everything like that, but ultimately, Ultimately, New Egg would be a good option. Tiger Direct, it doesn't matter. So, uh, ultimately, get those in and start putting those into games and start running them down through the coin door to the coin door. You know, zip tying them to the wire harness and everything just to make it just to make it look neat. And I swear to goodness, man, running a cable takes thirty five minutes <laughs> when, when you do it that way. Okay, you would think it's like I'm just going to curl this and lay it over is, here, and is it's is like no, worth, no, that, you don't do that. That's
1: when you're at the point of is this worth <laughs> doing? No, it's not. <laughs> I
2: could have <laughs> just taken the back glass. Out. No, it. and it's like no, this was not worth doing at all. This was such a good <laughs> idea. It's such a bad idea. Is what it
1: is. <laughs> this is but, such a great terrible idea. Yeah, it,
2: it's one of the it's one of the best worst ideas ever. But ultimately, best worst. It, it did it did expose something because when it got to the point to where uh, I was doing, and I'm jumping ahead in the show notes, but I might as well go ahead and talk about this now. Was uh, when I got to the point where I was doing my ACDC, uh, I I. I Pop the back glass off in order to install the cable and everything like that. And then I I got to looking at it. And it's like you know this really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a Sam game because you have to you have to go in and, and flip some dip switches on the CPU board anyway. Oh, just you do just update the code. Yeah, there's, I, there's, I've never done one. Yeah. So no. Well, what what you have to do is there's a bank of eight dip switches and dip switch one through seven sets the uh, sets the region setting of the game. Is it in America? Is it in Canada? Is okay. it in, is it in in Kyrgyzstan? Is it in Russia? You know, where, where's this thing at? I'm in yeah. Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, exactly. The first
1: question is, is what am I doing here? Yeah, what, what am I doing And then the second one is, is, is why do pinball? I have an ACDC with is me? Is there a pinball machine right yeah, here? Yes. exactly. And so,
2: so you, you you set that with dip switch one through seven. <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going for my vacation. And then, Switch number eight controls whether or not the SAM CPU board boots into game update mode, and, oh, it, has okay. ha- and it has to have w- uh, what's, what Stern calls a boot ROM installed, okay? It's one of the few through-hole, uh, through-hole sockets on the board, because most of the SAM board is all surface mount, okay? Okay. And so, I get to the point to where I'm going to update and freshen up the code on my ACDC, and in the the game will not boot into game code update mode, no matter what I do. Okay. I tried three or four different times, three or four different combinations. I did it. Uh, I did it just powering the game off and on. I did it via the service menu, which still, if you walk through the service menu, it still gets you to the same place. It just kind of holds your hand through the process, but it gets you to the same place where you have to flip that dip switch and then either hit the reset button on the SAM CPU board or power cycle the game. Ultimately you flip dip switch eight cycle the game and it boots into what's essentially usb firmware update mode okay mm-hmm. spikes are different all right but on the sams that's that's the way that these work and Brent, for the life of me i cannot get my game to boot into firmware update mode to install the new firmware and i don't and i don't <laughs> know why because it's like a light switch it ought to just <clears throat>
1: It should unquote. just work. It should just work. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. So this
1: is a SAM, right?
2: It's it's SAM. Yeah, ACDC SAM. So I so I've got to go back and I've been doing some reading on this and it's one of those things makes that makes me it chews up so much time over something that should take like no time. But I've been going back through. Have
1: you updated that game before?
2: Uh, yes, and it worked fine. I've updated okay. the game twice, no problem at okay. all. But all right.
1: as of this time, at, at this attempt, no go. So did you, did you have a, a slight bit of concern when you went to try to boot it back into game mode? Yeah,
2: I, I did, oh. and and I was concerned. But fortunately, you flip the dip switch, cycle the game, and you know what it does? It boots up and plays just fine. Okay, yeah. You know, An- right. Angus is screaming at me, and I'm like, I'm like, bring it, Angus! You know, and it's it's rolling. <laughs> so the game, the CPU board will boot and play the game code that's on it no problem whatsoever the driver board works fine no flippers pops everything's perfect you cycle it to update the code no go so i took the cpu board out Put it on my bench. Took out the boot ROM. Cleaned out the sockets just because. Put the put the boot ROM back in. Just made sure everything was good. So the inst- boot ROM is it just like a, a classic
1: EPROM? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. It's just it's just your your standard EPROM. I'd have to go back and look and see uh, see what. Uh, I guess what density it is, or what the capacity but it's of a, it's it is.
1: A typical through-hole eeprom. It's, E-prom. it's
2: con- nothing yeah, special. Through, nothing okay. special. Typical through-hole eeprom. So. I went through and reseated that and just checked everything over and still still no love. So at this point, from everything that I'm reading uh, on Penn side right now, some folks have ran into this and and it actually required the CPU board to be repaired. And I'm like, well, I don't, what? I don't really know what's wrong with it at this point. So I'm not sure
1: what I'm going to do it, right now. H- have, so, you, anyway. have you checked? I'm, I'm guessing is the boot ROM images out there? Have you checked? Uh, not that I've been able to find. So
2: my next my next call is going to be to Stern Technical Support and see and see if I can get another boot ROM because at this point uh, I would much rather try to swap the boot ROM and see if maybe the boot ROM itself has gone bad. That surprises me that the it. images aren't out there somewhere. Yeah, I've not been able to I've not been able to find them and I've I've looked. Is, I wonder so. if it's game specific. I mean, because ACDC is game specific. The boot ROM the boot ROM is and and as luck would have it, so is the CPU board because acdc and metallica even though uh the premium and the le's on metallica in um and ACDC share the same board. Metallica Pro and ACDC Pro share different boards, and it's because of the amount of RAM uh, to hold the songs while the game is boot okay. is-, is booted up and playing. So you can't. So it's probably the same board. It's just populated with more RAM. It's populated with more RAM, and and the boot ROM is specific to ACDC. Okay, so because there's no I, there's I no have, pulling the ROM out of my
1: CSI. No, then.
2: or like I was sitting there thinking it's like, well, I'll go get the one out of my Tron, or I'll go get the one out of my uh, out of my Iron Man, but I found a table on Pinside that shows like all the CPU board combinations and all the driver board combinations and then the boot ROM combinations or the matrix that lists them all out for all the SAM games mm-hmm. and only ACDC uses a very specific boot ROM. So, so it's, was like,
1: that table from Stern or did, a, did a, an enthusiast put it together? Uh, the table was from Stern. Okay, It it came out of one of Stern's service boards. Okay, okay. Because I was like, who would take the time to put all that together but then not go ahead and and finish the race and just collect the boot roms because there's tons of these games out there. And then just host them. So
2: then what this does is it makes me... It makes me want to say, okay, once I figure this out and then get over it, then I'm going to take all my boot ROMs out and copy them is what no I'm going to do. I'm going to dump them all.
1: See, I, like I've never tried to update the CSI. I don't even know if it's current, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. But...
2: Wow. Well, I mean, as long as it boots and plays, I mean, do you really care? No. But I, mean. but, but I had so many... Well, I, you
1: care, but but is it but is it top of mind? No, it's no, not no, it's top not. Of that's, mind. Yeah, you're right. It's not I've top not, of mind. It's not top of mind. As long as I've had that game, i not. Yeah, it's crossed my mind to go to do it several times, and there
2: it still sits. In there it sits. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I and and I really wouldn't be tackling this had I not needed to go through and update Ghostbusters update, you know, update a few others. But there was, as of last year, um, I think it was in twenty early 2019, there was a code update for ACDC, and the reason why I was I was a bit fixated on this is that Color DMD just within the past two or three weeks, released an update for the new code for ACDC. So I was like, oh, so if I'm gonna now, if I now that Color DMD supports the newest revision of code for ACDC, now's the time to update both of them the game the game code yep. and the Color DMD code. Well, Whitney, that's a bridge too far. Whitney can't get there right now. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sort this out. But I am definitely going to going to dump my boot roms and then at least just save a copy of them off so mm-hmm. that if I need it again. I, I can get it, but yeah, I'm gonna to have to call Stern and I'm see, just see if that they're not out on their software site. Yeah. No, the no, the boot ROMs are they're not now, and even with Stern, uh, here's here's a dirty little secret. Even with Stern, they do not host. Historical versions yeah, of the that. game code. I knew that you cannot you cannot go back in time, okay, and get get game code from three or four revisions back. At least not through Stern's website. Okay, mm-hmm. I have seen other instances where people point to the Wayback Machine and things like that to go get stuff, but that only works if the Wayback Machine on any given day happened to happen to grab the game code on any given day before yep. it was updated. You know what Whitney does? Whitney he- maintains an archive. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of Stern games. So code. why do you? Why would a you lot. want to go back? I, I, I because you can't get it. Oh, huh. so, so okay. I, Not that I would ever need it, but it's just like, well, if I needed to roll back a version just to test something out, you can't get it. So now
1: I don't. Obviously, I don't have the Stern games that you do. Yeah, it, I've mentioned this to folks that that have a lot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, even to the folks because I know the Rec Bar folks, they have tons, uh-huh. and I don't. I, i'll i let it set for a week yeah like i didn't run out what, what did ghostbusters go to it was finally what dot 1. 1.12 or something no it was sitting
2: at one thirteen. then it went one one fifteen or 16 and then it went to one seventeen. like within a week it was like two releases that's right within that's a right week. yeah
1: and, and yeah the, the the i think it's one
2: fifteen, then one seventeen.
1: that's okay yeah. so the release that everybody waited forever and a day for uh-huh when it hit, it was usurped. I just, I just waited. Yeah, but yeah. The, there, there was something here within the past couple of years. They updated. I can't remember which game it was, and it actually, it was guard. I think it was Guardians. Okay, it came out, and it was it, you could get the game in the condition. And from what I understood online, it wasn't too hard to do it, where it would lock a coil on and start burning up coils and drivers. Oh, that's bad. Or node boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's like nope. I'll just wait. Software version 1.0, first year of a car, don't Uh want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: I get it. Well, what I do is as soon as I see game code updates from Stern, I go and download them almost immediately because... They, they are as you mentioned they are apt to be changed within three more days mm-hmm. and it's not that i would ever want one of those intermediary releases it's just that whitney's got an entire an entire
3: library
1: of their, <laughs> of their code so, and one day stern may come to you well <laughs> you know some something? kind of code if anybody needs it i got it so, i'm just shocked that that boot rom is not that it i know
2: blows I know. my I know. mind i know but it but it's the boot rom so it's not the game code it's the boot rom so may so I'm sure that that I can't speak for Stern, but I'm sure that if anything is more proprietary or as proprietary as anything, or maybe even more so
1: it would be the, it would be that. So I have, and I would think too, if the board was bad and air quote needed repair, yeah. that you'd have other problems. Exactly. To, to me, all that you're doing is you're just changing the, the, the boot location to uh-huh. the processor. Uh-huh. And that dip switch is probably a hard switch. It is that, that, Lights up that RAM uh-huh. or the EPROM,
2: yeah, and it says go pull your first instruction from here, here. rather than pull it from right. there. Yeah, that's exactly right. So ultimately, if my ACDC boots and plays fine, but something's something's catastrophically wrong with it all at the same time. So I, I've got to figure that out. So again, I'm going to call Stern see if they'll work with me, ship me a boot ROM or something, a, a known working one, and see if I can see if I can. Otherwise, go
1: that way. you need a. You need somebody with an ACDC Pro that'll lend you a, lend you one to copy or pull some some you a copy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So I'll put the I'll put the word out. If anybody has uh, dumped their boot ROM and they have an ACDC Pro sitting around one day, not, <laughs> not, nothing going <laughs> nothing on, nothing going on, and you want to take care, of, you want to help Whitney and, out. You know, I'm going I to dump that. that boot ROM. I'm going to dump that boot ROM is what i want to do today. And <laughs> <I've got, laughs> I got nothing else it's going been sitting on. on a thumb drive for three years. <laughs> yeah. One day I'll need it. Oh hey hey Brent, hang on here. I got a thumb drive yeah. and it's full of boot ROMs. Yeah. Here, Go. I, I need that. this. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> if you're that person, <laughs> if you're that person, Whitney at Brokentoken.com, reach out, let's talk. Oh but anyway, gosh. there there is I'm that crying over here. <laughs> so, but it, it it's interesting because it brings to light this whole little dark corner of pinball ownership that you probably just don't ever really think about. But here it is. I've got this problem and now I'm hamstrung. So I'm going to, after I get over this and solve this, I'm going to have to approach this a different way going forward. So there's that. And I was, uh, I was going through and installing, so that's enough about ACDC and Sam. So I was going through and installing the USB cable on my Ghostbusters uh, to update my Ghostbusters and, you know what, Brent? Uh, I had no problems with Ghostbusters, so yay. So the other thing, though, that really started bothering me is I got to looking at those airball protectors. So you're, you're talking, talking about, about the, the the ones that go on the out the ones that, The ones that go on the out lanes. Yeah, That's the kinda, exactly, the yeah. Kinda, yeah mine's got
1: them. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I installed them on mine. I installed them on mine. And I got to looking at those, and it's... I don't like them. Okay. I, I've just come you, to a did you that get them
1: etched with something? No, no, clear, yeah. no, clear. That's yeah, how yeah. On. No,
2: yeah. no, Daddy rides clear on that. So okay. I, I didn't want etch or stickers or any of that nonsense on it. I got to looking at it. Mine has a Hello Kitty sticker on it. <laughs> grace would
4: love you so much man.
2: <laughs> she's a big fan of hello kitty and and i'm going to tell you between hello kitty and pusheen i actually kind of have get no it. idea with that I've i just heard look of, it up i've heard of
1: poutine which yeah. is like uh, that's not what i'm talking it, about isn't that like uh like ho- something to do like ho- pig yeah. like yeah, it's yes. It's kind of like a pork rind type thing, and and some yeah, and some intestines and yes. some other stuff
2: yeah. like that. So yeah. we're yeah, not I've talking of, about. I've heard that. of poutine, no, but that's, not poutine. No, wrong word, Brent. Wrong word, poutine. Poutine. So, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so pushine, Hello Kitty, and all that. I mean, All right. Honestly, it's it's actually really cute. But that's the kind of stuff that that you get into when you've got a girl. But. I say all that, so I'm going through, looking at my ghost. Back to topic, go, looking at my Ghostbusters, and I really do not like those air ball protectors. Okay, and there is a there is an owner... no no seriously, you're you're gonna you're gonna dig this. There is a Ghostbusters owners thread on Pinside. I was. Re- I've been reading through that, and there's a gentleman down in Australia. His handle is Swinks, and he has got a shop on Etsy. And Brent, what he has done is he has he has designed a uh, a little bit of a modification to uh, some of the some of the targets. Uh, let's say like the target bracket that goes uh, that pops up through the play field and through testing and several folks have installed these and said that these remedy the problem that the airball protectors down in no, okay, the so outlanes uh, take
1: are, are, well, are wait a minute. so wait a minute we're talking i said the wrong thing i said the covers on the outlanes what we're actually talking about is the two fixed targets. Oh, that are that are uh, that are further up, further yes, back in the playfield, that are to the right and the left mm-hmm. of the left ramp. And the the deal is, is you can hit those with such force and intention that ball it's pops. very common for the ball to come back up uh-huh, and into the glass. Yes. So I've got one of those protectors on as well, which is kind of a. A curvy swooshy thing. Yeah, it, look, it looks almost like a little Nike swooshy kind of thing yeah. going on. And yeah. it, it runs from the library to the toward the right and kind of in, in all the, the way, front of the ramp. All the way around to Slimer almost. Right. And it puts yeah. a little roof over those uh-huh. targets. So if the yeah. ball lifts, it just deflects it back yes, down. Exactly. So that's what you're talking it, about.
2: It, well, I'm talking about I'm actually talking about all of it. Okay. So so the the, the outlane uh, the outlane protectors and then what I consider, quote unquote, the upper play field protector. OK. OK. So Swinx has designed these target bracket replacements that are supposed to, and as many folks on the pin side thread testify to, cut down on the air balls almost almost completely to the point to where they have been able to remove both sets of air ball protectors off of their machines with zero issues whatsoever none and brent i'm i'm going to order two of
1: these so do you actually have to oh wait now so I'm, I'm i'm looking at the pictures and from the picture it looked like it was a replace it's a replacement for the mount
2: bracket for Man, the it,
1: mount bracket yes and what it does is it angles the target uh it
2: changes the 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 target geometry just by a few degrees So that when the ball strikes that target, it strikes it essentially higher than the center line rather than lower than the center line, and the strike actually pushes the ball back down on the playfield rather than it hitting below the center line and popping the ball up. up. up And popping it up. Yes. So...
1: so you're gonna have to drill the rivets out of the targets, I guess, and reinstall these. That's
2: fine. Right. I, I, I'm totally
1: capable of doing that. So the other so thing that gets I've, me, I've got a
2: rivet gun and I've got a drill, and you know
1: something, da- Daddy will get well, after it. Well, if if this is, no, it's got the. It looks like a factory rivet still in the face of it in, in the in the photos here, and it's got a little ball wear. So this looks like you're not actually taking the paddle off the top of the target, but the switch stack and everything is riveted together, along with the tab. That screws it, the target to the bottom of the play field. That's exactly so right. So, what yeah. I've done, if those rivets have opened up and uh-huh. the target is still perfectly serviceable, I'll just put a, a bolt in it a, in a nut. And just call it done. And a little either thread lock or generally, honestly, because it takes so much abuse, thread lock and a nylon lock nut on it. Yeah. And then you're done. You're done. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you, why spend the money and the effort? For whatever the target costs, when I can go in my parts bin and take out yeah. some some screws and just fix well, her up and, and, and it's honestly, and new. The, that solves it. That solves it better yeah. than new, actually. So, the, so. Other, the 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 thing that really kind of gets me, and this and this is lack of experience. These are three D printed at Shapeways, so I'm assuming that they're in nylon, and, and I've always wondered what the strength of that would be. You, you can get them printed in metal. Oh, so they'll actually do it? Yeah, Yeah, I knew Shapeways would do that too.
2: Shapeways. So when you when you go to add these to your cart, you can choose the material and the finish that you want these printed out on. Oh, I say polished out steel,
1: rather polished nickel steel. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. So here's the thing: once I get something in my head like this, I I have to try it because it's like this could be better than where I sit today. And uh, it's not really a significant amount of money. So I'm going to order two of these and I'm going to give it a shot and and see what it comes
1: out like. So like like there's there's four options, Mm -hmm. polished bronze, silver, and it's too long. It's not steel. I guess it's steel looking at the others. Polished bronze, silver, steel, polished bronze, steel, polished nickel, polished and bronzed black something and I can't read it because it all doesn't fit on here. Yeah, that's fine. So the the price range is eighteen seventy five to twenty three fifty a bracket okay. and you need two brackets. And you need two brackets for Ghostbusters. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I will report back on that at some point. The build time is long. Okay. If you if you if you pop those in your cart and then go through the checkout, which I have not done yet, I've gotten all the way to the point of doing that, the build time is, is long because Shapeways, I think takes everybody probably in the order that they submit mm-hmm. in the order that they submit and you can pay extra to preempt your place in line, but there's no reason for me to do that because I've got a thousand other things I can do while these things are printing. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm going to wait for them to arrive and then I'm going to give
1: them a it, shot. And they probably honestly don't have many printers that will do the, that. will do that. We'll do the deposit metal yeah, printing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so and and, not, and I'm not, I'm um, the pricing. I'm not, you know that, that I don't think that's a swinks thing. I'm not saying that oh, no. he's overpriced. No, it, I I, am, a, I think it's a, shape, a shapeways thing. It's a shapeways
2: thing, and, 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 and Swinx has talked about it yeah. in the thread. In fact, he's even uh, and and I've I've PMed with him on Pinside asking him a few questions. And he has been nothing but helpful, and I, I do believe as and as he has noted, gone so far as to note, he's like, listen, it, it, it's a shape, it's a shape, it's a shape. There's yeah. there's a
1: a YouTuber that I subscribe to, and it's Ampro, A M P R O, Ampro, Ampro okay. Engineering, uh-huh. and they're not pinball. He, he does RC car stuff. Oh, okay, and okay. he really likes uh, Tamia, uh-huh. which is for anyone that grew up with RC cars, that's Frog Grasshopper. Uh, Hornet, Hot Shot, that series of cars. Um, so he he'll do a lot. Uh, Falcon too. Mm-hmm. He'll do a lot of parts for Tamiya cars. Okay, and he has them printed in nylon at Shapeways, and he puts them out there. And if you listen to listen to him, watch his videos. There's he's learned some tricks to maximize the print and minimize cost because it's you know things just get pricey, they and get it's pricey. it's the way Shapeways. Does the, ha, has to uh-huh. their business model yeah. how how they have to do it yeah. to, to support themselves. Yeah. which,
2: and, and which you know, i s- get
1: i get it and yeah. and i'm not i'm not
2: going to cry foul on shapeways whatsoever because they they actually provide what appears to
1: be an extremely good service so the, the nylon stuff man from what i understand the res he has printed things like just to see how what, what their range is like uh-huh can they do millimeter size holes yeah. can they do and i mean they knock it out of the park yeah. mean, i'm sure their stuff is not cheap no, their no equipment's no. not cheap i, I, I doubt
2: yeah. it is so so I, i'm not going to belabor the point it's just throw them in the cart hit the checkout yeah. and then when they show up in the mail they show up in the mail but i am going to give those a shot and uh one other thing brent uh before we before we move off of uh move off of pinball here real quick because I, I got some arcade things that, that i that i want to that i want to talk about here I. Uh, last month i was talking about installing some art blades in my acdc and i like them so much i just love the feel of them and the texture and just kind of how tough they were and then i went in order to set for my tron i'm I gonna, still I'm gonna install a them in, in my, my tron I'm, yeah. a
1: fa- I'm a failure no
2: well man it, it all just it all it's everything that just takes time it's, it's just time failure. you know i now, i'm not gonna let you rat on yourself I'm it just failure. takes time but, uh, yeah, so these are the Tron game blades from tilt graphics, and I'll, they I'm, look sweet and all, all I can say is I'm a happy customer, and so I spent more money with them again and i am I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked and then Brent, uh just look, for
1: go ahead look yeah. at this next thing, it reminds me of something, so go
2: ahead, yeah, yeah, and so from uh from just a housekeeping standpoint, I was uh i I, I knocked out something that's been long on my list, Brent, because I don't know about you but I've talked about this and I, I don't know how you store like your books and your periodicals and I things like read. that. Fair enough. <laughs> you, but I, how I, much time I, have you spent with me? Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm a, good to talk. I love books, love to read. I know. And so I finally got a bookcase that I had had in the box for over a year, finally got it out, pulled it out of my garage, got it into the house Put the bookcase together, put it in my workroom, secured it to the wall, and I am so stoked because I, I went through I went through the house and I pulled every book, every magazine, every periodical, and even Brent all of my arcade and pinball manuals. They're all there oh. in 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 plastic bags, and everything's labeled and cataloged, and uh, and I've I've got now one bookcase that has every every bit of my periodical collection. On it. And I am so stoked. And I was surprised how much cleaner my workroom became once I did just that
1: job right there. So I've actually got. I know you've been in in my storage slash line room there a million mm-hmm. times. Have yeah. you ever noticed that commercial filing cabinet to the left? I have, yes. That is full of manuals. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. all my video and pinball manuals. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. got uh, It just it's so nice to just walk in there and just slide a yeah. drawer out, pull your manual out, and go to town, and then go to town.
2: That's exactly right. And what I did is I put each one of my manuals in a in a. Um, almost like a Ziploc bag, I guess, mm-hmm. it's just like a plastic protective bag. And then just put everything's there on a shelf. And then I, I just printed out some card dividers and laminated those and everything. everything so where did you get, where did
1: you get the bookcase at?
2: Uh, Oh, it's Ikea. But but it was IKEA from like a year and a half ago, two years, because I've got a running collection of IKEA stuff in my in my garage <laughs> that I have not put together yet. And
1: this was one of those that, that did not get put together. So, so th- But it's it, put together now. And this is this that's what reminded me, and I just put the links in the show notes. Okay. You were recently in Cincinnati where there's an IKEA. And there's been something at IKEA that I wanted for my game room, and you just stopped and got it for me. I did, yes, I and, did. I and, swung right by it and picked it up. So, and this ties back to my uh, odd tangent. About, <laughs> I love IKEA about RC car stuff. Yeah, I wanted a display case for some of my RC cars, so that I could put it in my game room. And this is my classic RC cars. Like I've got uh, a several original classic. You know, from the '80s and early '90s, Tamia, uh, Associated, and Kishiro cars. So I, I wanted, and I've been thinking more about how to display stuff in the basement. And this has been a long-running theme of I don't know where to put stuff because I don't have like the 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 wall height or the ceiling height like Whitney you've got in places where I can where I can hang. uh, uh, posters and stuff like that and trying to be a little bit more creative about what I do down here. Yeah, I get it. So I've had my eye on this case and it's like 60 bucks and it's one, including the bottom shelf, one, two, three, four shelves. It's a rectangular case and it's got the dimension that you can put a 10th scale RC car in it. Yeah. And they've got them in two colors. One is it's just like white so the the top and the bottom are white And i honestly i haven't i haven't seen one a picture of one recent enough let me look at the ikea site yeah because so, there's no borders on it too so it's just the top and the bottom so the, yeah. the, they're either it's just white. open area glass yeah it's it, so it's either white or it's uh black black dash brown so i am assuming it's like a wood grainy kind of look the very top and the very bottom. Yeah. So Whitney actually just brought me one of these from, mm-hmm. it's still in the back T- of his truck. Today. Yes. Yeah. I, I We haven't even taken it out yet. Yeah. And that is going to go somewhere down here. I'm going to find a hole for it. And honestly, it may even be in this back corner back around by where Ziggy is. Uh huh. It won't usurp Ziggy because <laughs> Ziggy is here to stay. You got my hopes <laughs> up, man. So then you just dashed them. You know, I've got Ziggy. I've got plans for Ziggy. That's uh, down the road uh, after I get these getaways out of my life. Fair enough. But right. I'm going to put that down here. I've got plans for Ziggy too. And, <laughs> and use it to showcase. I'm going to put a couple. Uh, uh, I might put four cars in it. Yeah, that's cool. I've got. Um, I've got original Star Wars stuff, like from the 70s and 80s, Star Wars toys. Yeah. So I may put an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter in it. Just, it, I think it's going to be, it's going to help me add a little decor down oh, yeah. here. And, a and little that, period
2: decor. And, and, that, and that helps so and, much. Yeah. It does. Because you don't just want like rows of games because, well, I, I hate to say it this way, but man, rows of games are just rows of games. I mean, anybody can just, anybody can take their collection and just do a row of games. Yeah you want the room to have, you want the room to make,
1: have some personality, make a statement. So yes. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Yes. And and I've been, again, I've been trying to think more and more about how I can put stuff down here and display things that are of the period. But again, just, I'm kind of limited with, with the way the basement is height and the walls and and all that fun stuff. But I'm going to figure it out. And I've known people, or not known personally. I've seen people online that have used these cases for tenth scale RC cars, and, and, and they look good. More and, and the they, they work great. Yeah, you know, as long as you don't get in some of the bigger trucks, the bigger monster trucks. You know, the the, the average tenth scale buggy or four-wheel mm-hmm. drive car is going to fit in it yeah. just fine gotcha so gotcha. yeah I, I i may mix and match it may have a couple Tamiyas in it, a couple of kishiro's it, it i mean it's just open it up change it out it doesn't matter yeah, no it's awesome well the good thing is is it's now here
2: at your house yes because if it stayed at my house it would be there for a year before i would get it out of the garage and then bring <laughs> thank it to you. So, you and thank you so much for getting no, it for no, me no, i greatly no appreciate it's, it. it it's it's no, it's no trouble well it, it sir it served the purpose because i was i was close and I was able, literally, it was 10 minutes out of my way, I was able to swing by and get it and just get on get on down the road.
1: So it worked out really well. Now, Brent... Links in the show. I did put links in the show notes for, the, for both the white and then the black-brown dash ones. So. Gotcha. Okay, we'll make sure that gets in there.
2: Now, real quick here, before we wrap up this part of the show and get into our next segment, I want to acknowledge two things. Number one, uh, I've got some giveaways right now, okay, but it's not the Superman it's not time for the Superman Translight contest announcement just yet that's coming up, okay. But where I did want to go with this is because I want to talk about the Vectrex for just a few minutes, okay? Now a couple of things here. Victor from the 10 Pence Arcade podcast. Our let's let's call let's call Victor and Sean let's call them our, our our sister podcast from across the pond okay such great guys Brent they uh well Victor sent me a box and. I rattled it. I shook it, and fortunately, nothing broke. <laughs> nothing broke. It, nothing it broke made it all the it. Yeah. way here. It made it all the way until here until you
1: shook it exactly pent- and destroyed yeah.
2: it. Yeah. So you remember? You remember the controller that Vic? Uh, yes, it, that Vic I do. Made Absolutely. For you. Yeah, so look at this. He made me a custom asteroid. Oh wow!
1: Vectrex controller. That's really cool. So that, are the, those are Sanwa buttons, which, I guess. That sure is. And it looks yeah. like a. Yeah. It looks like a. An asteroid's control panel, uh-huh. miniaturized, just miniaturized, miniaturized, and I'll have a picture of this. I'll so, put it what is that note. case? Is that custom case, or is it three D printed, or no, what? no,
2: no? It's it's a it's just like a little. uh It's it's just a black plastic case, and I have asked Victor where he where he gets these cases, uh-huh. and he sent me the link. Oh, I've, okay. I've got okay. it in my right. chat. I just need to go back and dig That's it That's neat. Okay, it's it's almost like just like a little project box. If you want to yeah, think about it, just ex- like a little like project box. It, it
1: is other than it's. Angled. It is angled. Yeah. So that you know you're not you're not setting it on the table and it's squared off. Yeah. It's actually that that's what kind of threw me off. Uh, yeah, I know. If it was a custom it,
2: thing. You would think that you would expect it to just be just a rectangular, yeah, just a block, yeah. but but it's not. So yeah, so Victor is making these and he is um, he's also making custom spinner controllers for the Vectrex. And he's also doing uh, analog joysticks for the Vectrex as well. So he is Victor has found almost like a little cottage industry oh, abs- going yeah. on in the Vectrex community. The resurgence community. of
1: Vectrex is a- it's it's unbelievable. It, you know, honestly, man, what's on my on my long uh, long and uh, um, I was going to say distinguished. I don't know how distinguished it yeah. just- is.
2: <laughs> that is the sound <laughs> of quality, of art of quality oh, what, arcade wait, buttons wait what's right on there.
1: The, what's on the back? Aha.
2: Now. Is that is that nitro? It's it, nitrous? <laughs> yeah. Not, it's nitrous and force field is okay. what that oh, okay. is. Okay, yeah. yeah, all right. Good. No, smoke screen. The nitrous smoke screen. and smoke screen. That's what that all slick. <laughs> it's all slick and smoke screen. That's what that is. This is for the eventual uh what what's the game? <laughs> Spy hunter. Spy
1: hunter. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah now before i before i I move off of of oh. talking about uh of talking about gifts and Victor, Victor has also sent something in the box for you okay and is and, it edible and, and, no, it's oh, not dang. and in his most proper British, he made sure that I get these to you, especially Brent, within a timely fashion okay' <laughs> because everybody knows me we all love you yes. But we also know you but exactly. But you, but you know what I did? This thing showed
1: up, and within what a couple of weeks, that's a, your your gifts are that's at your that's house. What you're saying, yeah. Victor, Victor is going to email me or text me. He's like, I sent that in May. you know, I'll never admit it, from, even if you from, said it from this side of the mic. I don't know any
2: different. That's exactly right. <laughs> I can promise you, though. Whitney was a good boy. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So 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 Victor, knowing how much you love Atari and. Your love for glitch and trinkets. Oh Victor hooked you up with a couple of keychains here.
1: Bro. Oh, sweet. Yes, Atari keychains at that. So one is uh, uh, now you're across the game room. Yeah, yeah one. So, so here are they the same? Or I'll come get it. Oh geez.
2: No, they they are they are not the same. I'm doing I'm doing my Foley work here. This one is well here. I'm I'm gonna let you here, I'm to let you you describe them. But Victor sent those to you. So I thought they were pretty cool. I was like, "Victor, can I keep one of those?" And he's like, "No." And you know, doing my proper British. So, it, so no, of course not. So, it, I so I got the controller. You got the keychains, and Vic, it, I really kind of wonder. I take one of no them.
1: responsibility for his attempt at, at a British accent. So one is, uh, we love you, and Victor. this is the one I thought I I made out and uh, from across the room. One, yeah. it looks like a, t- a six switch twenty six hundred, uh-huh. and it's even. Oh, that's not even a sticker. No, that's, I thought,
2: that's molded, man. Yeah,
1: I thought like the uh, it's got you know the wood grain front, and then you've got the ribs along the top of the the console, and yeah. I thought maybe it was a sticker but no it's actually it's, molded it's like it's got little switches i know it's
2: like molded high quality it's high quality
1: mold this is what line. that is I gotta open it up now i wonder if the switches yeah. you can switch the hey, switches.
2: No, hold that up to the microphone so we get the work yeah so you get the work well, on
1: I, it I, I, here's the problem with holding up the mic wait hold on wait hold on Hold, on, hold on. <laughs> you just vamp for a minute <laughs> oh fair enough
2: now after after brent goes through that then i do have a couple of things that i want to bring up and then we're going to get into uh one of our I, I wouldn't call it really an interview segment it's one of the panel segments from um, uh, All right. it's the last one we got from the Grand Ole Game Room Expo. So, so now it's gonna t- be good.
1: Tell everybody what I had to go do. You had to go put your glasses <laughs> I had on. To go, I, no, yeah. I had to put my cheaters, cheaters on. Cheaters on. Okay, there we go. So, um, oh no, it's got little switches, and, and they don't move, which which is fine. But they're there. They're the, it is is as tiny as this is. The switches no, are there yeah. though. Yeah, and, the detail is amazing. The detail is amazing yeah. because to put these switches in, you would have had to have had a separate mold that went inside these this. These case halves that represent because it's a different color, yeah, it's it's gray. So, oh yeah, the deta- you'd had to have a separate mold, then had to have it inserted and in the yeah. case put together. I, I mean, I, like I say, I saw them and I was like, oh man, these these are nice. The bottom actually has like little feet molded into it. Uh huh. And then, um, and then the, the joystick. Look at the joystick. Too. Well at the crazy. back. Actually, has like little faux ports molded into it, and a <laughs> little faux, really. faux place for the power cord.
2: Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. mean awesome. that's sweet. Thank yeah. you,
1: Victor. Yeah, that so is. So now the joystick, and I don't know how that thing is probably what two uh, inches. Two it, inches. It, high I mean, it's maybe? small. What's that What's that in, what's that in, in that, uh, it, hold in on. millimeter? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, because this this did like, can't come can't. from. Keep talking. <laughs> See, now, I would have just laughed that off. But no, I know Whitney has to go down a rabbit hole. Oh, <laughs> uh, me. So it should be about, what, three and a half centimeters? Which is F- about, 51 millimeters. So. Oh, is that what is that what yeah. would be? Yeah. So then the joystick is just as choice. Uh-huh and i like that i mean the stick doesn't move but i like that because in a keychain i would think that would just the the, the it fl- flopper <laughs> it fl- well and you'd, it'd be easy to break Yeah, because whatever yeah. mechanism was in there to help it move yeah. around so yeah. no i like that it's but it's the same way in that the details amazing the details it. amazing it's got an orange button which itself is another another casting that's put inside the case it's not just like painted and then it has the halo ring it's painted. got the As silk well. screen around it with the little halo ring Uh huh. Yeah, it does. That it's, is it's amazing. Really nice. Actually, actually, I think that's a third piece. That yeah, that's actually separate and that's inserted from the bottom. Yeah, but it's still it's silk screened. Yeah,
2: it is. That it's, is crazy. It, it's nice. I saw them and I I, I was I was putting an eye on them and everything. That's a lot of detail in that for us, <laughs>
1: is, isn't it? So the brand here is. Numskull. N U M S K U L L. And it says Numskull Inspiration Designed. So I bet you can find these.
2: I, I'll get pictures of them. Don't let me forget, Brent, to get pictures of them and I'll, I'll stick them in the show notes.
1: Uh, www.numskull.co.uk. Yes. Yes. So. Very nice. Well, thank sourced. you so much, Mr. Victor. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: And, and you know something uh, several folks may be wondering? Uh, it's like, well, Whitney, why would you need a a asteroids. Controller. I'm trying not to make so much noise, but that, that's fine. It gives the
1: show character. Just <laughs> go, show go right ahead. And for my next folio, <laughs> uh, I will make the sound of a horse running away. There, there you go, Whitney. Do- please get me my coconut shells.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Old time radio. A lot of folks may be wondering. It's like, well, Whitney, why would you need an asteroids controller for a Vectrex, or why would you need a spinner? Controller for a Vectrex, or uh, one thing that Vic showed off on Facebook just a couple of days ago was he actually made two of these boxes, Brent, for Space Duel. Oh okay? wow!
1: And you may, and then well, that, so is that, it like just two, or is it two double Y or is no, it one no, double wide?
2: No, 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 it's two, it's two. Okay. And he printed two different control panel overlays, and they each had the left and the right player button configuration on them. Oh one's sweet! Re- one's red, one's green, so it's just it's just like a Space Duel control panel split down the middle is what it is and where a lot of victor's controllers really come come into play is if you're big into the homebrew scene on the vectrax and you happen to have what is uh, as of today the most highly coveted homebrew cart called the vect fever and the vect fever allows you to load uh arcade binaries onto the VEC Fever. And so for all of the, uh, I won't say all, but for a large portion of, let's say, Atari uh, vector games, you can play the arcade ROMs on the VEC. Tracks. Really? This is yes. news to me.
1: Yes. Yes. And, yes, and, yes. And I've, I've, I'm out of touch because well, i between, I, I've, I've joked a lot about the getaways, but there yeah. is some seriousness there. I've, I've poured a lot of time into them because I want them ready for Arcade Expo. Yeah. But I have really been disconnected on a lot of things, and uh, honestly, a, a lot of that's intentional because oh, I, I just I, I just it. need a, it's yeah. I, I need a, I'm in a little season now where I just need a break. Yeah, I get that. But man. I have I not it. heard of this, so I can take the actual ROMs <laughs> uh-huh. and pl- and they go.
2: That is amazing. It's amazing. Yes, and and the the cart is very hard, very hard to obtain, uh, but it is it, it is out there, and that's where Victor's controllers shine is uh, playing a lot of the arcade ports on so, the Vectrax. So is it so. in
1: production, and every time it gets produced, they just all get bought up or did uh, someone make a handful of them and they went away the uh,
2: the the person who makes the vec fever uh, it's one individual he he kind of gate he he gate keeps the availability of that of that particular cartridge because he's uh he's constantly working on it and improving it and i don't think that he's felt that it was production reproduction ready oh now so- i don't want to put words okay. in his mouth okay that that's me from the outside looking in at this point okay all right but uh it's 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 very hard to get hold of but if you do get hold of of one then victor's uh victor's controls turn the vectrex into a whole different animal okay completely different animal and if you are um If you are interested in the current state of the Vectrex community, uh, collecting, playing, and everything like that, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, my buddy Alex, Alex Crowley. Um, He was on the most recent—no, I'm sorry. It was episode before last, early February episode of the Retro Asylum podcast over in the U.K., and uh, the host Dean Swain did a full segment with Alex where they talked all about the current state of Vectrex collecting, playing the homebrew scene, and everything like that. So if you want to spend thirty minutes and get caught up on everything Vectrex, that that's a good lesson. So it's uh, it's awesome, man. There's the Vectrex is just Vectrex have, is, is it's just amazing. I I'm have caught put it a that few way. things
1: that have, have zipped by on Facebook here and there. And you're you're right, but I had no idea that that it's, thing was I mean, even.
2: Oh, it's 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 just gone. It's gone just nuts. So do
1: you do you f- think? Of course, you're answering this from the outside. Yeah. Do you think the vec fever thing will get to a point where it'll be a little bit more widely av- widely available? Is it is At it just some, some point. Some, okay, there'd be At some point. It's yeah. just it sounds like to me is it, it almost everything i know about it i know right here yeah I get but it, it. i almost get the impression that maybe it's it's he's it's, he's trying to tighten it up and it's like in beta beta and mm-hmm. it's out in the hands yeah. of a few people and that's, that's it that's pretty much it okay right now
2: yeah it's fair pretty enough much it. i I, th- I think and hope at some point that it'll it will get to that point but ultimately that that's that's where it sits today so anyway, Brent, that's that's it, man. We we swung from pinball to uh Vectrax to bookshelves and uh Whitney's got
1: a busted A C D C. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my butt. All right. So it What do we got coming up next? So got something coming from Granola Game Room Expo. Yes,
2: we do. So uh, this panel discussion is from Steve Nutter. Uh, He is uh, Steve. Hails from Nashville, Tennessee. He has a YouTube channel, uh, Retro Tech, and Steve is a uh, a PVM BVM uh, professional video monitor, broadcast video monitor. Uh, He's essentially a PVM BVM guru, and I use that word uh, with the the highest a compliment that i can give because steve has steve has not only gotten into the pvm bvm scene but he gives everything back he has got a a host of videos that show how to troubleshoot certain pvm bvm uh models how to uh let's say how to do a tune-up on a certain model and that's going through a cap kit maybe uh, some geometry realignment things like that and then just overall topics in the the pvm bvm market and if you've not heard of a pvm or bvm before the best way to sum this up is these are industry let's let's say industry hardened or commercial commercial versions of sony's and then some some later uh some later manufacturers license the technology but these are the industrial versions of sony's trinitron TVs. Okay. And they typically have a higher resolution than the consumer grade TVs. And they almost always have an increased number of, of inputs that allow for not only composite and S video, but going up through component as well as RGB uh, on top of that. So they're, they're highly, highly sought after in the console. Uh, collector, the console uh, video game console community. And honestly, you'll never see your SNES or your NES or your your GameCube or your uh, or your Mega Drive or whatever your say your Genesis, whatever it may be, your PlayStations, Xboxes. You'll never see them look better than they look on a PVM or
1: BVM in in its full glory. And I know you've got a couple Whitney. I've got one. Yeah, and and I bought mine from the perspective of I wanted a small monitor for my t- for my bench, chest bench. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I've I've got a small broadcast unit. It's uh-huh. just an eight inch yeah unit, perfect for and that. Then the, the way it it's actually got a little carry handle on it, and I think it was for remote rigs and uh-huh. probably went in vans. And yeah, you could take a uh, uh, there there's a port in the back where you could put a battery pack in it for, for portability. And I believe that you could strip off the side panels or the back panel and use the same unit and rack mounted for like in a studio situation. That's exactly right. For, for doing quote unquote Foley
2: work for seeing (laughs) different, different angles and stuff like that. So So, yeah.
1: And the one I got, I specifically got because it had RGB input Uh and and I can take a a video game and literally just run right into the rgb sync inputs and display it right up there right i've so got there. a little harness hanging down on my bench i can plug it right into my jammer rig and done bob's your uncle and bob's your so. uncle yeah done so so
2: these these are these are highly
1: sought after and steve did
2: a a panel discussion where he talks about the history of the of the crt uh, talked a lot about Sony's history uh, on the Trinitron line itself, and then talks a, a good bit about the current state of the console market and uh, the PVM and the BVM market as well. It's it, there. There are parts of that discussion that were visual. He had a presentation as he was going, but the, I'm going to say that's that's ni- ninety two to ninety three percent of this translates fine in audio because he did a, he did a fantastic job of describing everything that was being shown, and it's just good knowledge good console and good arcade knowledge to have in your back pocket uh if you if you ever do decide to go down this this path so why don't we uh brent why don't we pass the mic over here to steve and then hear from him back in november 2019 at the uh, 2019 grand old game room expo and then we're gonna come back and spend a little bit of your money and we do have a fair amount of news here brent before we uh and, and some feedback and brent we've got feedback from australia this month Oh, amazing wow. amazing yes listener down in australia uh before we close up the show okay all right so uh we will be back with you all just here in a bit
4: We ready to get started eight o'clock all right All right, everybody, thanks for coming tonight. Um, I got a special presentation specifically about CRTs and uh, more notably retro gaming on CRTs. And uh, first, I just want to say thanks to Dave and uh, his family and staff for asking me to be here. This is one of my favorite shows, and I do a great job every year, um, especially since I'm local. I'm really appreciative of it. Uh, But anyway, I want to give you a little bit of information about Uh, retro tech this is a company I started almost four years ago now and uh, we originally started uh, working on gaming consoles and repairs and modifications and then eventually in 2016 I really started to dive heavily into CRT repairs and restoration Uh, last year in June I founded a YouTube channel which is pretty much all about CRT restoration and repairs And then since then, we've been able to restore over 200 uh, CRTs to date. So that's just a little bit about um, RetroTech. And I do actually have a mission statement for this company, and it's resurrecting vintage technologies for the modern world. So uh, that's just a little bit about RetroTech and the company and... Today, uh, we're going to go through this presentation and I'm just going to give you a little bit of highlight here. We're going to talk about a little bit about the history of CRTs. Um, We'll get into different types of CRTs and of course, current uses, benefits, uh, why you would want to use a CRT, what's good, and also a little bit about what's bad about them. And then we'll look at what to look for when we're trying to hunt for a CRT. um, Some of the reasons that CRT restoration is important. And then we'll do a Q&A at the end if anybody has any questions. All right, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of a brief history lesson on the history of the cathode ray tube. So, believe it or not, cathode rays were actually discovered in the 1850s. So this technology goes back an extremely long time. And um, the gentleman in the middle of the picture is Julius Plucker and then Johann Wilhelm Hittroff. These two scientists uh, basically started the whole study of the cathode ray. Uh, They discovered it, and then they shot it into vacuum tubes and watched it project shadows against the tube. And that was officially the first kind of CRT uh, tube technology starting. And then, you know, 40 years later, you've got Arthur Schuster. He uses an electric field of current to create deflection, which just means he's using electrical currents to move the beam that's being protruded through the tube and to give you a nice geometrical shape eventually on the end of the tube. Then 1897, another gentleman started using magnetic fields, which is actually what is used now in uh, tubes. And then in the same year, uh, J.J. Thompson uh, proves that cathode rays are made of subatomic particles Known as electrons. So the electron and the shape of the atom was actually discovered through the cathode ray tube in the late 1800s. This is officially the first CRT that was ever made and it was again 1897 so a lot happened around this year. This is a different gentleman named Ferdinand Braun. It's called the Braun tube. Uh, It was a cold tube meaning there wasn't any electrical current actually powering it. You would just send your beam of a current through here, and he would watch the beam of current go through the tube, and it was more of an electro uh, or a, I'm sorry, an oscilloscope. So he' just reading uh, what the rays were doing or what the different currents were doing. Fast forward a little bit further. And uh, we've got John Johnson and then Harry Weinhart from Western Electric. They developed the actual first hot cathode ray tube, which just means electrically heated and powered and then it is sold as a commercial product later that year. So this was not used for like televisions or anything at this point. This would have been more used for like Morse code technology back in um, early war. All right, so this is the major time then of technological advancement towards a picture screen. And this gentleman, I'm not gonna pretend to know how to say his name from Japan. He, uh, in 1925, he had developed his own CRT, with 40 lines of picture resolution. Two years later, he's over doubled that to 100. And then in 1928, he's the first person to ever display a human face on a CRT screen. Uh, In 1932, at the same time, right after all this, RCA is granted trademarks for the terms cathode ray tube. And they did at that time begin making and developing a test unit. Uh, In 1950, RCA released that term back to everybody else that they could use it uh, for their uh, term. But this is a picture of the very first RCA trial set. Uh, It looks a lot like a record player or a piece of giant furniture. And this was actually kind of a weird setup because you could see the round picture face. And the way it worked is that picture would reflect off a mirror on that fold-up piece of furniture and you sit there in front of it and watch it off the mirror. Uh, Not very effective and they actually weren't even able to get this sold yet the first couple or the first year because uh, the actual first commercial, commercially made CRT television was produced by Telefunken in Germany in 1934. This would have been an all black and white set originally. And here's some pictures of those original CRTs. Uh, You know, these are huge, giant pieces of furniture uh, that just had a nice little screen in them somewhere. Uh, A lot of wood knobs. This was the style of TV back in the early 1930s and mid-1930s. And then we're going to move through some of the early years of CRT television. Uh, 1935 to 54 is pretty much dominated by black and white. RCA continued to hold a major stock and share of the actual market. Uh, they'd made over half the CRTs at this time. So back in the early or late 40s and early 50s, RCA uh, really began to try to develop a color TV. And the way they were doing that is through what's called shadow mask technology. And I'm not going to get too different, you know, into all the details in this one about exactly what you know, overly doing what a shadow mask. But I do have some examples of a little bit about how that works. Um, this first tube we go going to, that's not on, that's just the wood grain is a shadow mask tube. Uh, I'll show you a little bit of difference between that and other tubes in a minute. But 1956 to 58, the first few television shows were broadcast in a color format that was acceptable and usable by these RCA screens. And then, right after that, in the early 60s, color TVs just took off. And um, this was again, this one right here is the very first color television that was ever made by RCA and pretty much anybody that was sold. Um, You can notice it had had a real roundish picture to it. So, uh, that was really popular down in the early 50s. A lot of wood. Um, Again, now we're moving into the 60s where they're starting to get a little bit more of a 4x3 format and more almost straight sides and a little bit bigger picture tube. It's still a lot of wood, but mostly shadow mask technology all during this time. RCA is dominating the television market. So here's a little diagram of how shadow mask actually works. You've got your three electron guns, and that's what's giving you each, each your colors, red, green, and blue, that beam of light is shot through what's called the shadow mask you see on the diagram and then that mask is a way to line up the dots in a pattern on the screen and that's how you're getting your picture is it's just filtered through that and aimed at the screen to make the uh, pictures on the screen and the original color beams were in that triangular pattern and that's pretty important because it wasn't really an effective way to make a color picture And uh, the alignment was changed later to straight three by or three in a row. I'll show you that here at the top. That's an actual electron gun from a CRT mask or a uh, shadow mask tube. And it's got, they moved it to three in a row. They did that later to really increase the brightness on the uh, shadow mask tubes. And again, this whole area where this gun is is in this area. Right here in the back of the tube, if you're not familiar with it, that's inside that that, uh, glass vacuum right there. All right, so again, shadow mass tubes, they were produced for the entire lifespan of the CRT display. And you can tell them by... I put this picture up. They're actually curved on each side. So it's curved top to bottom and then left to right or right to left. It's curved on all sides. That's always going to be the situation for most you know, shadow mask tubes. So after, um, after a little bit of time, Sony is really getting interested in getting into the game of television. And this is actually their very first television that they developed. It was a portable 8-inch black-and-white only screen. And it wasn't projection type, so it was a, a transistor television. However, it was not, it was due to it was breakdown a lot, and two years later it was discontinued. It wasn't really a good seller, but it was their first television. I've got some higher definition photos of that again. It looks more like, I don't know, a spotlight or something, but it was an act, the actual first television. So Sony really wanted to get into the color TV market. And in 1961, they started by going to an IEE trade show in New York, and the executives were just walking around, and they actually stumbled across a booth for a company called Autometric. And it was just a small autom- a company that had designed um, what they called a chromatron color tube. It used a single electron gun where the three guns were replaced by one, and it shot, shot just one beam that was shot onto a vertical grill instead of that shadow mask and then that was used again to separate the colors out through a little bit different method but sony was really um really interested in this technology of just having the one single beam shot so they started developing the what they did is they saw that and they immediately went into uh, developing their own version of this chromatron and they worked with paramount pictures during the time in 1964, they did reveal the first Chromatron color TV set uh, later in the year, but it was produced the same year. And literally to be competitive, Sony sold it at half their cost. So they were losing tons of money, but they were, they're confident, or they were confident at the time that they could get production costs down and try to make up money on the back end. Here's a picture of that early Chromatron, very first color TV Sony made. And again, this is not a Trinitron. This is officially still a Chromatron. But that's what it looked like. So the Chromatron nearly broke Sony. By 1966, they were not able to reduce the cost because the Chromatron technology was not easy to replicate. So uh, more competitors began to jump into the television market. They were all making shadow mass TVs. That technology costs were going down. Uh, Toshiba and Panasonic both jumped into the mark or into the game and they had to buy the RCA license who owned the license for Shadow Mask so they started making it and so with more competition and Sony not being able to uh, you know balance those costs they uh, continued at a financial loss till 1966 and then Sony executives uh, they didn't want to give up on the search for a good color TV so they kept 30 engineers on staff to just work uh, non-stop on a new tube. So it didn't take them very long though, because they used a lot of the same things that they had from the chromatron and they pretty much completely redesigned it. And the electron gun was able still to do the thing where it wanted a single beam separated out into three different colors. And then the new grill was called an aperture grill and um, it's an electrically charged grill at the front to separate the colors out or the make your picture screen on the front of your tube. So that was their big breakthrough. They finally made the tube, and it was—it uh, was—it looks and sounds similar to the Chromatron because it's using one gun. But they actually just abandoned that technology and had to redesign it. That's really the only thing that's the same about it is the single gun. And uh, the final product was unique enough to apply for its own patent, which was very important. Uh, the new Sony son, or the new Sony tube was named the Trinitron, which everybody's heard of. From the root word Trinity, for the union of the three electron guns into a single gun, and then Tron from Electron. All right, so Sony's new Trinitron, it pretty much outperformed every CRT on the market. The single laser, or the single, I'm sorry, the single electron beam was able to go and burn brighter than any shadow mask at the time, especially since they were still making them in that triangular pattern at this time. Um, They also needed a lot less adjustment. Actually, the shadow mass tubes at that time, they'd come off the assembly line and they'd have to be uh, individually, basically calibrated uh, per set with all kinds of issues. But the uh, Trinitron didn't have that trouble. It was a lot more user-friendly right out of the production facility. And Sony dominated 40 years of CRT production and we talked about the Trinitron, and that's what I've got down here. It's only curved along one axis, so that's different, where it's only curved along the right-to-left, or your know, horizontal axis. The vertical side of the tube is completely straight and flat, no curve. And um, it really wasn't until the—so Sony, again, got licensing. They got a 30-year patent in 1966, and— it went all the way to 1996, and that whole time, shadow-mass tubes couldn't catch up with the technology uh, and really be hugely competitive on a uh, quality standard. So it wasn't until that patent expired that shadow-mass tubes really started getting better and uh, advancing a lot in technology. So these are these early Sony Trinitrons. Uh, some of the first games have been played on You know, these. like uh, That's just the 70s style, a lot of wood. Not really um, any inputs yet on your TV. You're still using, uh, you know, RF signals. And then we move on to the 80s. Now, that's an 80s set down there. It's, a, it's not, again, it's a sharp, this little wood grain one. So it's not, uh, but it's the same style as these, where there's still a lot of wood grain, a little bit of the new, uh, you know, plastic on there. And the 90s, the 1990s is really where TVs got into the whole plastic uh, solid black or solid white, other colors. And that's just a picture of a lot of the Trinitrons that you most likely would have seen. Not, the 1990s is also a time when Sony brought their Trinitron to um, computers and computer screens and started with those uh, high-quality CRT monitors. And then, of course, the 2000s, the last generation, you have the more square design, still silver, and then even started coming out with widescreen, high def, other versions of the CRT right towards the end of like 2006. It's pretty much when they were abandoned. All right, so I just want to go through a couple of modern uses. A lot of people know a lot of these things. Obviously, arcade cabinets, many of them out there are going to be loaded with CRTs. And um, retro video games are perfect for... CRTs, are all analog videos. Anything that puts out analog video signal is going to be best on a CRT in its native format. VHS, DVD, LaserDisc, any of those old movie formats are perfect for CRTs. Uh, Retro PC, if you do anything where you're hooking up a retro old computer. And there's even a move more recently to do modern gaming on higher end CRTs. And I'll show you that at the very end a little bit, but there are some CRTs that are actually really well-made enough to be able to still be usable today for even modern high-def signals. You can still stream older 4x3 content onto tubes like this, and uh, they'll always probably be used for test signals out of oscilloscopes. Um, So some of the reasons these are going to be your best options. There's no lag or latency added by an analog television and so you're not going to have any troubles with lag which can be a big problem with uh, retro gaming on any kind of new modern display you you can really have trouble with lag and uh, they're easier to connect retro gaming consoles to they look better you get the real i feel like crts have a big part of the nostalgia of playing old games it's just like a warm fire almost you get a little nice feeling you know just part of the whole experience Um, And it can I put down here that retro gaming on a CRT Can be cheaper at the beginning Because once you start getting into it And want to get better console And better CRTs uh, Those start to go up a lot in price Much easier to use a CRT than a scaler. There are scalers out there that can help you get from uh, your analog signal up to HDMI, but those will either add lag or can be complicated and require firmware and a lot of uh, other things like that. And they definitely have some of the best picture screen controls you'll probably ever see on displays. And again, CRTs are just designed for analog video, and most consumer CRTs and then pro video monitors which are pro versions of the CRT. They can handle 240p and 480i video resolutions perfectly, and those are the resolutions that pretty much all your retro games are going to come out of naturally. And that's real, those those two formats give extreme problems. You know, if you try to do that in modern televisions, they're not really designed to hold display those older uh, video signals. I talked to briefly about some of the higher pro end models that will do a full range from 240p all the way up to 1080i, and uh, then you've got digital digital video started at 480p, and uh, that is one that can only really be displayed on VGA CRT monitors, 480p and up, uh, unless you've got one of those pro monitors that, that can go through the whole spectrum of sizes. So nearly all flat screen TVs and monitors don't support 240p or 480i. And again, we talked about low quality scalers adding problems. And let's talk about, obviously, the disadvantages of owning CRTs. They do take up a lot of power. Um, not, it's not a huge amount, but it is significantly more than your, uh, your regular flat screen does anymore. They're, of course, big and heavy, um, a large footprint. I mean, they take up a lot of space. Uh, If you get a bigger one and then uh, hindsight for the to match that you've got most most of the time you're not going to find a display over 36 inches on a CRT. Some people do complain about the 480 i flicker on a CRT and that's just where the interlaced picture flickers back and forth. Some people pick that up with their eyes and then some people really pick up the high frequency noise their ears. Um, now, if you do get older, uh, you can lose that hearing ability. So there are some people that can't hear it at all. And most CRTs cannot display digital video signals. We talk about that. And they're so old now and been out of circulation for so long in production that they, a lot of them end up needing repair when you get them. I'd like to tell you a couple things here if you're going to ever be looking for a CRT. What you would want to do, uh, you know, uh, what's a good thing to checklist to check through? First, obviously, does it work? Does it turn on? And when you get it turned on, how does the screen look? Is it, everything look kind of normal? It's really important now to to focus on the brand if you can, because you don't, if you're going to take the time to get a big CRT, there's some brands you should look for and maybe some brands you should just avoid. What inputs does the TV have or come with? Uh, what screen size best fits your situation? So s- CRTs do get as small generally as 5 inches and up to 36. What year was it manufactured? And all that stuff is good to study beforehand. CRTs, we're going to talk here for a second about consumer grade. Uh, these are just the inputs you'll see Excuse me. Mm. on a normal consumer grade CRT. And that's RF, which is the old screw-in signal, which gives you pretty much the worst quality uh, available video. And then you've got composite inputs, or AV, which is your yellow, white, red. Uh, S-video was a big improvement back in the 1980s-ish, early 90s, and that was added to most TVs. And then the last input added on most consumer-grade CRTs in the United States or North American would have been component. And then earlier CRTs actually didn't call it component. They called it color stream. So you'll notice that if you look at an older tube and it says color stream on it, that's just a fancier word for component before they called it component. I've got some pictures here. Uh, This top one right here, uh, it's a little bit difficult to see, but the third input there is the color stream where it has the green, dark green, the blue, and then the red. Now, if you see a CRT it's a consumer CRT and you're looking for one, if you see that input, that's probably going to be your best bet because there's not going to be any really fancy extra scaling. And that's really when tubes were high, highest quality and everything, even though you might find a newer one that has uh, more inputs like this one, there's a chance it's not going to have as good a picture as some of the color stream ones. And then let's get into some best brands, obviously Sony Trinitron, it was the king of Sony or I mean of CRTs. The best years to look for are between 1996 and 2005 if you're going to get one. This is a consumer grade again and just some tips stay away from widescreen consumer CRTs and CRTs that are again consumers that have HDMI inputs because those actually have scalers built into them that will add lag uh, kind of like your H, your hdmi would on an early flat screen or a modern flat screen it, they just don't do very well and most people are not happy with them there are some really great shadow mask tubes again this is after that patent ran out on sony uh, here's two of the best that were ever made you've got the toshiba a or af series Uh, That one right there is an example of it. It's usually silver. Uh, It comes in a nice 32-inch model there. And then the JVC-D series was also one of the best. This one had TV lines counts or resolution that would rival these pro monitors. Uh, 750 TV lines of resolution on that one. And those ones, again, get up to 36 inches and uh, have all the inputs that you'd want. But what about the best CRTs that were ever made? So from the 1980s till about the mid 2000s most consumer or most companies that made uh, higher end consumer CRTs also made a commercial grade CRT monitor. These would have been professional style monitors and they were developed for pretty much three main industries: uh, the medical industry, film and TV production, and then finally closed circuit Television through security monitors, and those were all products that each one of these companies generally made. Uh, these pro CRTs they did often cost about ten times as much as your normal CRT or television would have. They have superior picture performance, uh, completely adjustable, and were unrivaled for quality uh, at the time. These are these pro monitors are preferred for retro gaming so that's what I've got down here to the uh, side of me uh, on the cart is an example of a pro monitor and um, it the reason it's so good is at the top end it supports rgbs which is red green blue and sync that's going to give you the absolute highest quality uh, video signal you can get from an analog system and many models of these pvms will support both PAL and NTSC video. So you could bring things that were outside of, um, obviously, this region and hook them up to this TV or monitor, excuse me, with no problems. It would display the uh, picture. Now, there is something you should know that all monitors dropped the support of RF. So that was kind of what differentiated most of the times a monitor and a television. Monitors did not usually have RF or... Uh, any kind of frequency like that. They do have, we talked a little bit about the resolution. So this is just a close-up picture of that 240p signal on, um, on a CRT. These are obviously a couple of video games. These are pro monitors. And they produce this nice, you have to get really, really close, but they produce this nice scan line effect. And what's happening in that picture is it's a progressive picture. So on a tube, a TV tube has 480 vertical lines on it and all that this is doing is lighten up half of them and it's skipping a line interval in between each one of those and creating just a blacked out line. So that gives you just a solid progressive picture with no flicker and then that's what the scanline effect comes in and actually makes it look sharper. So this this was pretty revolutionary for video game developers back in the day because it was kind of a trick. No one really had used 240p like this. Uh, And they did a really great job of doing it to make a progressive scan for video games. So first, let's just take a brief discussion on the two pro monitors that Sony made, the two families of pro monitors. They were all, or as the way, or as it worked out in the consumer market, Sony was the leader in the professional market too. And they produced the professional video monitor or PVM for short. Those were specifically medical security and then smaller video editing. So like somebody, um, a lot of news stations use the PVM because a BVM would have been so much more expensive than even a PVM. But you were still able to do a lot of video editing uh, and, and use those for color verifications and things like that. They there are some Sony medical PVMs that are branded as Olympus. So if you are looking for a PVM, you can look for Olympus branded monitors. If you see Olympus OEV, that's most of the time a just straight up Sony PVM with just a different sticker on it. However, Olympus was you or did use Panasonic prior to Sony. So if you run into one from like 92 or 93, it'll look like this one where I have the shadow mask and it'll be completely different tube. So just check it, make sure that it says, it'll actually say Trinitron on it still if it's the Sony version. Sony also produced a BVM, which is considered a highest level monitor. It's for broadcast video and uh, these were extremely expensive. They were used to edit movies, music videos, TV shows, and live broadcast television. And the BVMs are the best of the best CRTs um, can offer. And they do have some of the highest video resolutions, the most supreme picture quality available for retro gaming or any kind of analog video signal. And that on the top is a lower-end Sony PVM. And then down at the bottom, we've got the BVM. but this is, so if you look here, here's just some common uh, models you might see. We've got different sizes here. So most of them will look like this where they've got the knobs and buttons and uh, adjustments on them. But you'll also get ones like this one down in the bottom corner that are older and they have a cube design and really not very many buttons or anything. Those ones um, are still very good though and very desirable. So that's just kind of what a lot of those PVMs looked like, and then if we get into the BVMs, again these were generally bigger. Um, they all had to have highly technical control boards. Sometimes you'd get them, and they wouldn't have this control board down here at the bottom built into them. So there's a lot. Uh, these are a lot more technical, and. A lot more finicky, so they are really great, but they do take a lot of patience, and you have to study a lot. And you know, they're almost like a uh, like a high-end Ferrari. They always seem to need servicing and stuff. So, if you're getting into um, monitors, it's best to start with probably a PVM or something else before you get into a BVM, unless one just falls into your lap. But there are two. Uh, that match the PVMs on build. So that 14M4DE is very similar to a PVM and not so much like the BVM. So if you see that one or that 8044QD, they're all compact in one and don't have like the video cards and all the different issues. Uh, So those are really nice. And there are some shadow mask, again, pro CRT monitors. These are the companies that made them. JVC, Panasonic, Ikigami, and NEC. That one on our picture right now is a JVC monitor. It's hard to see, um, but that one is JVC. Here's some of these models that you'll see. These are all standard, so they're, or except for this bottom one, they all just do 480i and 240p. Uh, you've got this Ikigami down here in the left-hand corner, JVC, which we saw the sonic picture on, and then uh, there's a Panasonic version. And this XM29 is uh, highly desirable because it has a 29 inch screen. And it also can do uh, 480p. So it's it's a very uh, desired pro monitor. So there are multi-format pro CRTs. And that just means that they are, these are, again, the best of the best. These are the ones that support 240p all the way up to 1080i. And uh, they do have all the features of BVMs and Pro, other PVMs. Uh, these ones get up to a thousand TV lines in resolution, which is pretty much the tops for any CRT. Uh, they do have a widescreen format in a lot of them, and the build quality is pretty much unmatched in these. All the parts are, for the most part metal and have really high quality, um, really high quality capacitors, and all parts in them is um, unbelievably complex and high quality. Again, I told you they do need a lot of maintenance. They are complex. They require external equipment. You can see how this one uh, that you've got here, you might find it and think it looks like a great monitor, but then you notice there's no buttons on it. Again, see how this one doesn't have any control pad built into it. So you actually have to pay a couple hundred dollars more for an extra control pack. Uh, So most of them are a little bit more complex and require more equipment and then are finicky sometimes depending on the signal you can put in Uh, there are a couple of PVMs that are really great that are multi-format and don't have all the same technical issues as like a BVM and that's a 20L or the L5 series it came in two sizes 14 and 20 and that's a 20 inch that's a really great monitor and then the BVM had two series of uh, monitors that went and did multi-format the D series and then an A series. And the D series is probably the most highly desired uh, monitor for retro gaming out there, especially like a 24-inch widescreen or a 32-inch widescreen. That's the only time you probably want to go with something that's a widescreen is if you get one of these. Uh, and then the A series, but the problem with the A series is it was made such at the end of the lifespan that they didn't really make enough of the video cards that support component or RGB so you had to have an external card for that and they only made I can only come up with production numbers of 300 so they literally only made 300 of this video card for thousands of monitors and um, so just that video card is so hard to come by it sells for sometimes three thousand dollars just the video card in that monitor so you know you really probably have to stay away from the A series and If you're really wanting to go for something multi-format, you want to stick to the PVM L5 or the BVM there if you're going to get a Sony. There are Shadow Mask uh, multi-format CRTs, meaning the same exact thing. They can go up to 1080i, some of them. These are the Ikigami ads for some. Again, same similar build quality, same thing about needing different input cards and calibrations. But these ones are... um, highly sought after and a lot of people who i've never had one of these multi-format ikigamis i've had a lot of the sony ones but people who have these say that they're they like them better than the sony's so i know that they're really high quality which one this part right here can... that so that's like a that's an auto setup probe so um, okay so, yeah so you can
3: get
4: it's a cali yeah it's a calibration yeah. tool for uh, like white levels, and it you just plug it in and run a program. Does it just do white levels? Or does it, it does a few other things, black levels. It can do quite a few color balances pretty much. Uh, the problem, again, though, too, with that is that it's hard to find the right auto or the two or I'm sorry, the probe. Probes can be expensive if you buy an original one. I do believe there are some knockoffs. You can get yeah, like there are some, you know, usable alternatives from what I've heard. I've never used, I've never actually used one of those auto setup probes. I've never, I've never had, uh, access to one and, um, but they are there and you just, you know, there's, there's plenty of information about if you end up getting one, how to use it. Cause you just plug it in and plug it in the center and run some programs and the, the monitor does all the work. Uh, here's the JVC ones again these are very nice if you come across one um the good thing about these is uh there is a guy they, they generally have the same issue where there weren't a lot of the cards made for them for rgb but there's someone in um there's a guy in he's in oh goodness not what's the not australia what's the other one down there australia? Oh, new, new zealand, zealand exactly so he's from New Zealand and he's reverse engineered the card on these so you can get a RGB card for these monitors for like 60 bucks from him. So it's, you know, that, that's really great. And this is uh, one of the top CRTs. We talked about modern gaming on a CRT. This is it. This is the Sony GDM-FW900. So if you ever see one of these and, um, in person and someone's not asking, like, over $1,000 for it, you better grab it if it's working because these are getting up there to where they're starting to sell for $3,000 or more just because there's not very many of them left. They have a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, and then there's some stuff on the native resolutions, but they just have an incredibly high refresh rate, no lag. And a lot of people have been starting to use them for modern PC games, and not only modern PC games, but also hooking up things like um, HDMI consoles, like PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and using them on there just because of uh, the refresh rate. And also, you know, the good thing is you can change, CRT screens are so good at refreshing so fast that... If you are in a game where you're moving across back and forth on a screen, you know you're not going to get any kind of jitters or anything you might get on an LCD or flat panel, yeah, artifacts that doesn't happen with this, and you get that full like motion of picture the whole time. So people really love them. All right, so this is uh, some tips on best places to look. For a CRT, if you're looking for one, so first thing is always check with your family and friends because I'm sure like your grandma probably has one of these in her attic somewhere, or somebody does this uh, wood grain one. And you can look at online local marketplaces, Craigslist, Facebook, uh, offer up, etc. for consumer CRTs, and generally find good ones for pretty much next to nothing on there. There are social media communities that I've written here. These are two of them that generally do have monitors as far as pro monitors, they will come for sale. Now, it's not all the time, but like if you go to that Reddit page, they have a listing page on there and it's just classified ads of people in the gaming community that have extra monitors that want to get rid of them or sell them. So that's a really great one, that CRT gaming one. And then that Facebook group, they, people will go on there and list them. You can always go through eBay, but that can be, you know, anything like expensive on eBay. Plus, shipping is an absolute nightmare with CRTs. You can go to local government auction websites. That right there, ebid.nashville.gov, that's the one here in Nashville. So, ebid goes all over the country and has those in different areas. And I've actually bought PVMs from them that have come from... The public library. They also come from like a courthouse situation with you know um, trials. Uh, Again, security even like security monitors in jails. All those things eventually end up government waste or government auctioned off usually on these sites. The only real place left anymore to find these kind of high end monitors in the wild is. Pretty much three places uh, TV and news broadcast stations do still sometimes have basements filled with these CRTs you'd be surprised the last load these this one down here came two weeks ago uh, on the cart uh, It was part of a medical load, but also with that load was a CRT load from East Tennessee from a news station and they finally threw out all their stuff from the 90s so um that was one way to get them medical facilities do still hold on to them and then recycling companies and the best thing to do with a recycling company if you try to contact them don't try to contact them and tell them you unfortunately you can't tell them you want to buy just one usually you have to go and buy things from them usually by the pallet you get a better deal but a lot of the stuff you get won't work they don't really like to generally mess around with single sales All right, now we can move on finally to some CRT repair and restoration. So I've got some pictures here of electrolytic capacitors that are in really bad shape. Uh, It might be a little hard to see on the pictures there, but this is generally when you get into a 25-year-old machine, you can see this pretty commonly where you'll have extremely dirty caps or on this picture over here on the left, you can see the tops of them are starting to peak and bulge. That's a sign those caps are dead. But not only that, there's always a lot of film, dust, residue on the boards. So, what ends up the average pro video monitor, for example, that one down there has about 190 electrolytic capacitors just like that inside of it. So, that's a lot, uh, and they don't generally last longer than 20 years. So, It's always a good idea if you get a monitor for the first time to just look inside and observe the caps and make sure that they don't explode. None of them have exploded, none of them look bulged like that. Because if that thing blows up and leaks, what's inside of it is uh, all over the board. It can be really difficult to clean. And then it can also corrode your traces and cause very big problems with other more important parts on the board. because what's, what's actually inside of a capacitor is, is these old electrolytic capacitors, nothing more than fish oil. So that's why if you turn on an old machine that hasn't been turned on a lot and you start to smell a weird fishy smell, that means you've got capacitor fluid on your board and it's starting to get hot and cook inside there and you're smelling fish oil from 30 years ago start to heat up. So um, again, it's always great now, sometimes it won't look that bad and you can just get in there and get a lot of compressed air, and blow a lot of this stuff out. Um, the other problem with the capacitor is in the dust is the dust will build up on the capacitors themselves. And if you get completely dusted over components, that actually starts to act as, act as an insulator. And um, as it gets hotter, heat builds up inside there, and it actually wears down your uh, CRT faster. All right, so obviously, like, one of the big reasons for repair and restoration is preserving the hardware and the format. So I, it's very important, you know, to always have something to be able to put these on their native form. And that's really one of the main reasons and obvious reasons uh, to, to restore and keep CRTs around. But there's a bigger issue, uh, and that's e-waste. So e-waste is a big, big problem that we're all going to be probably talking about the rest of our lives, you know. uh, This could be any electronics, but specifically CRTs are especially problematic, and I'll show you a little bit more on why. First off, in 2006, the EPA designated CRTs Uh, Marked for disposal, meaning if you say I'm going to throw away my CRT, then that CRT is considered hazardous waste because there's lead uh, blown into the glass itself, especially in the funnel area. That's all lead-lined glass. So the EPA came out and said it was hazardous, but they didn't make any rule or a law that said you have to recycle it they just encourage you to recycle or reuse it um, but the, the actual regulations are very or they vary dependent on the district and the state so some areas it's illegal to dump your CRTs but like in Tennessee it's actually not you can just call your local uh, garbage man and they generally will just come pick them up and of course you can imagine where they end up if they do that. So, another problem with all this is CRTs are extremely expensive, hazardous, and difficult to recycle. As a picture on the left, it would be a normal recycling center where you can just see they are overloaded with CRTs, I mean hundreds there. And then this guy on the right, it's a little bit difficult to see, but in order to break those things down, you literally have to pull all the uh, plastic off. And you need to get this tube out of this frame and do so safely. Uh, And a lot of times, this guy, you can't tell, but he's broken this glass. So there's a hazard in that. Uh, But it's just very time-consuming and a lot of manual labor involved and chances to kind of get hurt. Uh, Unfortunately, most CRTs end up in landfills. Uh, or even worse than that is they're shipped overseas and they end up part of a dangerous metal scrapping trade. And so CRTs, there was a time period where CRTs were actually, you'd go to a recycler and you'd say, I'm going to give you my CRT. They say, yeah, we'll take it. And there was, excuse me, there's been many times you can go look on YouTube and find hundreds of videos of news channels exposing these recyclers they were actually taking the tubes out of the CRT they'd load them all in sea containers and then they'd ship them to China or they'd ship them to Africa and they were saying that these used damaged bad tubes were reusable to get around the paperwork of the EPA So they ended up over in landfill or in the middle of, you know, pits in these third world countries just being built up. Um, But again, CRTs are a huge part of this because the glass is just, there's no viable way to reuse that glass if it's busted. So this next picture is a little bit difficult to look at, but uh, it's, it's a good example of what really happens to a CRT and at first sight it's kind of difficult to see what's going on here but this is a back of a CRT there's the buttons of the CRT and the goat is actually standing in the shattered glass from the tube and the boy you see he's got a little tray that he's carrying all his scraps in that is good that tray is the actual shadow mask from inside the CRT. So he's broken the glass. He has no shoes on. He's broken the glass, gotten the the metal out of the glass. And then he's filling that up with the components because the CRT, it does have a lot of copper in it. Um, that's not attached to it. That is salvageable. And then the circuit boards actually have lots and lots of gold. So you can scrap CRT scrap, um, Circuit boards, if you just do that, those are very desirable for scrapping because they have so many highly, uh, you know, expensive metals to get out of them. And that's what that kid will do. He'll go do that and then sell those to somebody in his town. Uh, But the good news is there are plenty of great CRTs available. (laughs) Uh, And every retro gamer should own at least one. (laughs) Or like my friend here, ten. So... It's, you know, that's, that's pretty much it for the uh, presentation today. Um, thanks. There's my information again. And if you guys have any questions about anything I talked about or anything randomly about CRTs, i would be glad to answer anything now. Schematics on old arts, CRTs and for repair, are those even readily available? Yeah, yeah, you know, surprisingly, Um, Communities, for example, like the Reddit community, but even other uh, Nintendo age, Atari age, other uh, people have been doing a great job of scanning in these, um, a lot of these schematics because you can, uh, especially any pro monitor, you'll be able to find the schematic for no problem. It's well documented PDF. You can usually get them for free. Off of that Reddit page actually has them listed there. And even the D-series and the Toshiba and a lot of those high-end models I listed, if you go to that CRT Reddit group, they actually have a page that's dedicated to that, just the specs and all that. Um, And even like consumer, not always, but you can still find them because what you can do with a lot of the CRTs is mod them. So you can not only repair them, but you can tap into the video processing chip on the CRT circuit board and add, um, add an input for RGB similar to these monitors or like your arcade. And it's, it's a, it's a way of just tricking it, but there are like a lot, there's a lot of people that do that because it's, it's easier. And at the end of the day, it's a lot cheaper to mod a consumer set than to buy A, uh, you know, thousands of dollars on one of these other because you can take like a 27 inch and easily mod that and have a larger screen with the RGB high end inputs and get that scan line effect um, with those. Yes, sir. Uh,
2: How about, you know, a lot of these 20 and 30 year old arcade games in here to keep them going? What are the things we should be looking at doing? Who can do that kind of work? Okay. They wait till they
4: fail. Yeah, yeah. It's that's that's a great point. Um, it's always a heck of a lot easier to get in there and do the maintenance on one of these things while it's still working, as opposed to waiting till it fails and trying to figure out what went wrong. So for example, in a uh, arcade cabinet, there's still a lot of great arcade uh, parts kind of manufactured, you know. So there are kits where you're gonna go in. And if, um, if you get a, a monitor and you want to restore the, or, or the game, you can get um, cap kits. You can either buy an actual cap kit for your chassis or you can just go through and either get the schematics for your chassis and build a cap kit out of the capacitors um, or just look at the capacitors on the circuit board and verify what they are. So you change those out and generally... If you can get a good flyback, you can also change that flyback out, and then there's like a hot, you know, uh, um, I can't remember what the high occupancy, uh, high yeah, transformer, yeah, that one uh, is part of the kit too. So if you go through uh, when I would do when I do a restoration, something like that, if somebody wants all those things, then that's like what you do, and at the same time clean the board, and then. Um that's not really gonna affect your tube at all. So so you clean that board and then if you have tube problems you can go through and clean the tube. Um there's some technique to like resetting the yoke on there, the deflection yoke, uh which is I don't know how many of you know what that might be. Let's go back to that tube picture and um kinda talk about that a little bit because those parts um do take a little bit of trick to fix. Let's see. All right. So this is this part right here is your deflection yoke, and it'll be all the way up against the tube generally. However, you know um, that that's the magnet in it that's actually pushing your picture out. You know. So I'll be honest with you. I've had some times where. I get into a new CRT, and um, it might have, you know, wonkiness or convergence in the corners, especially, that's a big problem usually with them, and then you get around back, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the convergence strips, which is just a little, usually, plastic strip with a little magnet on the end of it, but you get in there, and it's messed up, and then you've got like 20 strips that some techs just kept jamming in there over and over and over again, and honestly, it's so much that it's like doing nothing. It's just too much to do nothing. So um, when I get in and I get a part of restoration, I actually, there's one screw on this yoke. And it, again, this could be all powered off, obviously. But you unscrew that, just loosen that, and then you twist, start twisting that yoke because it's been attached to that tube generally like 20 years. So you break it loose, and then you pull it back on the neck, you know, all the way up as far as you can an inch or something, remove all those strips and then push it back against it. And then kind of start over, see what you're looking at. Cause again, it's really hard if you've got like corner convergence. And again, you go back there and there's 30 magnets, you know, how you, what are you really going to do to fix that? adding more magnets. Didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's it. Now, uh, there are like some really high tech adjustments back here. I say they're high tech, but they're not. It's just highly complicated. They're actually really low tech because you're just spinning these rings right here. And that's, that's affecting convergence and stuff. See like the, the there's three sets of rings on that. And the very first two, um, they adjust your screen purity. So if you have like a white screen on the screen and you notice, I don't know, purple or a little orange in it, then you move the first two slides back and forth till that just balances out and hopefully gets white mostly and then the ones behind it control I'm sorry I can't remember what the exact order is off the top of my head but one controls like the red and then the other controls like the green and blue so there's only it's it, that's really really i mean super it's super troublesome. So unless you really have an issue, you probably shouldn't get in there. Most of the time, those are gonna be epoxied. So unless you just notice a terrible convergence issue, it's really not good to get into those too much. But that can be done, and that's how it was done originally. Any other questions? Storage, long term. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So here's something. They are sensitive to temperature, however, CRTs can still, if they're not in operation, they can get up pretty high. Uh, I'm not exactly, you know, and they can even go down to below freezing. It's just, you got to keep them kind of above 20 degrees and below like 100. And then humidity will have a big impact on that, obviously, from it just sitting there. Now, today was a really good example because I had some CRTs that I was... Um, pulling out of my garage right and it's freezing cold and you bring them inside and it's like all of a sudden covered in conden- condensation that's obviously a terrible idea for me to just plug it in and turn it on yeah. so you have to like let them sit there and get up to ambient room temperature or you're gonna have a huge amount of trouble um but yeah if you they're okay if honestly if you're not using them they're fine to be stored for long periods of time um, they can withstand a high like there is a tolerance usually it will be in the manual It'll tell you an exact tolerance on the tube for the actual temperature it can be at and it's generally um, that temperature is generally less a, a lower window when it's operating and then higher tolerance or you know it can stand higher conditions hotter or colder just being stored so if you do come across CRTs that have been in like a storage warehouse or if like you do have, obviously, extras, and you're keeping them in a storage unit or your garage. You're fine, especially in our temperature. But you're not fine if you go out and grab it out of the cold and try to go turn it right on. That's not, that's not usually a good idea. You want it to be over, like, 40 degrees um, on the tube itself before you fire it up. Hey.
3: Safety.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, and, like, I take that for granted because safety is probably, and I talked to Dave a little bit about this. If we want to, we can try um, maybe a repair session next year where I can open things up and and show a little bit more because um, CRTs do have some areas that have huge amounts of current running through them when they're on. Um, the biggest thing obviously is the anode cap and I don't even know that I have a picture it looks like there's not an anode cap on that tube in that direction but it's generally gonna be in the top right here it'll be a wire big heavy duty wire plugged in up there that's that's where the majority of the high currents going through there's also some spots on the neck board that have a lot of current when it's running that you don't you can shock yourself at um, you know CRTs you obviously you're not gonna do like a lot of the recapping and stuff you do all that when there's no power in it and repair but when you're making all the adjustments they've got to be running right because you get you can't tell what you're doing so you have to figure out how um, to safely make these adjustments so it's it's really just a methodical process of not taking anything for granted, really. Don't think too fast. You watch what you're doing when something's turned on. Um, and now, the reason it is safe to work on while it's running is there are isolation transformers built into a CRT. So the current is isolating itself like through a ground loop rather than using you while you're touching it to ground to the earth. So that current's not going to zap you while you're working on it. But if you grab the two wrong points, um, you know, you're going to make a new path. And that's the most dangerous shock would be to have holding two points and have it go through like your heart. So if um, if you, you know, the first thing I did for probably the first, I don't know, Uh, year was I always kept one hand in my pocket and tried to just work as best I could with one hand because you're not, if you, I, I mean, I've got scars all over my hand where I've zapped my hand on something and, and it's just a little zap, but it's not like the big zap where again, if you were holding, yeah, you don't want that. So, um, you just, again, have to be extremely cautious. Um, I have a lot of videos on YouTube a lot more detailing safety so if you're concerned with that I would definitely recommend watching at least the safety videos and all you really have to do is probably go or look up on YouTube CRT safety and I bet my video will pop up as one of the top ones because that's one of the ones that people watch the most it's just how to safely get in there and I pretty much in that video break down at the back of a CRT what areas are are more dangerous than others but once you get, you know, once you learn more about that and just get comfortable, it it will become a lot easier and, and you'll realize that a lot of things you thought were scary are just not, not really hazardous. Um, like when, when I first started, you'll notice a very common issue on CRTs is that yoke will rotate a little bit somehow over time. And then your screen won't be parallel straight. It'll be cockeyed and, uh, so that's an adjustment you're probably going to do most likely. Um, you can do it by when it's turned off and turn on and see if it fixed it or, you know, but you can also do it while it's running. And that's just, again, loosening like this screw on this yoke and literally just rotating that yoke till it's straight on the screen. That's what's causing it to, it's just somehow through movement or something, the yoke just turns a little bit. So, um, that but that's that's one that like looks extremely intimidating because it's so close to that anode cap and you're doing it while it's running and there's that's that you know that yoke is covered in copper like bare wires but there's not uh there's actually a small film over those wires so you can't you can touch it and not get it's not gonna it's, it's actually insulated thank you so much guys If you need anything else, I've got cards on the table. If you haven't grabbed one, please do so. Uh, Again, if you want to, uh, if you're looking at CRTs, you can definitely check out the YouTube channel and um, do a lot of research. And again, if you have troubles or questions, you can email me, and I'll try my best to answer as best I can. I don't know everything. I mean, I've only been working on CRTs for three three years now. Um, but it, it's something that's a lot of fun and rewarding because, again, it's it's like a forgotten technology, and you're really only learning. I mean, you asked about schematics, and that's really the only way I learned about any of this stuff was reading what's called it, you just look up for a service manual on your monitor or television, and it will literally give you um, every... Every calibration tip and things it, it breaks down how to do it and it's complex worded uh, but it does tell you about a lot of the processes like I was talking about with the yoke and things like that many
2: for, for I mean, somebody that finds a yeah we get in touch with you I mean, do you take what like, do you,
4: do you like? Rebuild yeah, yes, absolutely. Like I do that um especially if you're local or anything like that that's that's the biggest catch. I actually have people that um I have a gentleman from Lebanon, the country Lebanon, and he's yeah, he's like I, he so he's taking his PVM apart, and I have the same PVM in my shop. He's sending me the circuit board, so I'm going to have to do the work on the circuit boards, check them on my monitor, and then send them back to him in Lebanon and work on them that way. So there's that kind of an option to avoid a lot of, if you're capable of ripping the, or taking the boards out and putting it back, then there's always that option. But if you're not, um, you know, you can always bring it here or even if you want to. I mean, that's a unfortunate thing. It costs a lot of money if you got to ship one a long way and you're taking a lot of risk by it being broken uh but it's doable that just adds a lot you know you're going to spend more more in shipping if you do it that way than actually i'll charge for redoing it um but yeah so generally speaking i, I service 90 percent of my work is servicing these pro monitors anymore and it's really getting them re uh certain capacitors change that are problematic there's about out of the 190 there's about 50 that are vital maybe not quite 50 40 but those um, once you change those 40 caps out generally and then do a couple calibrations on it it'll pretty much be set forever because these things were designed to be running 24 hours a day so if they've not been running for 24 hours a day, you can usually tell because the screen isn't burned in somewhere. They easily get burned if they run that long. So um, if they've not been running that long, and you you know you get one, uh, it's it's you know once you get it reset, you're never going to put the amount of hours on it that it was meant to do. Because even if you, <laughs> I was doing this math with somebody, if you used your PVM 10 hours a day. For ten, two hundred days out of the year, you're only putting two thousand hours on it, and you know if it was on, if it was meant to be on twenty four hours a day, three sixty five, that's a ton of hours. You know, you get five thousand a year, or whatever. But, um, but definitely, if you, you know, and again, even that. See, that's really why I made the YouTube channel. I hate to say this, but it's so hard to get a CRT to me. Um, I try to help by educating other people, hopefully on getting comfortable with repairs. That's why I like, I'll do a full restoration on a video where I show everything, you know, these are the caps I'm removed. This is how I took it apart. This is how I do this and that, because it's, it's, it's impossible to find a tech probably. And I mean, I, I honestly know like three in the United States that i trust enough to send to and none of them are anywhere close to here like new brooklyn new york california southern california and uh that's like it and then me in tennessee and it's like nobody else is really working on um these things regularly Thank you. oh yeah oh no <laughs> thanks you guys for hanging out all right, guys. Well, yeah, if there's anything else, feel free to shoot me an email. I appreciate your time. And uh, have fun tonight.
1: <laughs> you know, what I've found to be the case over the course of I don't know how many shows at this point. Um, uh, let's say umpteen. Is is that is that a southern word or is that a... Yeah, umteen We're gonna call it that. Yeah. Over the course of umpteen shows, uh huh. And for the unin- meaning, almost all of them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So for the uninformed, umpteen means an uh, an an unspecified number, starting from <laughs> the beginning to now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is is that? I actually spend a lot of my own money, uh huh. But I tend to do it as part of my updates at the head of the show. Yeah.
2: It. <laughs> And you know something? I'll be very transparent about this. Is that there's a there's a fair amount of Whitney's money being spent as well. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let, let's let, let's uh, let, let's let's not joke around. So here. so you know, like at the head of the show. Yeah, we'll we'll just wipe aside <laughs> because I want to forget about it. The almost thousand dollars in parts <laughs> I spent because that's not oh, yeah. yes. I mean that's. That's kind of like putting gas in the car. That's yeah. sort of requirement for what we're here to do. That's LEDs. That stuff like that. That's not. That's not <laughs> that's, new that's widgets. So, that's so sad. Yeah. True. Yes. So I mean, I bought the stapler. I have bought my fair share of tool organizers. I have stretched uh, the the arcade <laughs> theme here and bought that c- display case for the. And I'm making air quotes here. Y- yeah. 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 The game room. Uh huh. So I've spent a lot of my money. Yeah, yes. And you're about to spend more. Spend more. more yes. yes. Well,
2: here's the thing. I spent money. <laughs> you sound like you're going to let me
1: down slowly.
2: No, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. Before I get into this, I was going back through the show notes and I had this I had this revelation. Okay, this month, after eighty-seven full episodes and we're on eighty-eight, I'm sitting here looking through the entire length of the show notes, and I'm like this is product after product, after product, after product, after product. And it's taken me five years to realize that. So sorry, <laughs> I apologize, but it, but it's product with intent. How yes, about that? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Product with intent. So yeah, bookcases, art blades, uh, new target brackets, the whole nine yards. So yeah, I get it. So here's the thing though, Brent, we're going to revisit something that we discussed in episode 85 and this is back in December of 19 Yeah, I thought this looked familiar. Yeah, it, it should. And this is this is a follow-up on this discussion where we talked a bit about uh this what I, I'm going to put in air quotes here, this heavy-duty 20 bin portable parts organizer. Uh and it's uh, it was $17 at Amazon at the time and I found that it was also sold at Harbor Freight under the storehouse name. So it, okay? it's the same thing? Same exact thing. Amazon okay. and then sold at Harbor Freight. So it's
1: kind of like that the air
2: stapler thing I was trying to yeah. describe earlier. It's all exactly. the same. Exactly. Exactly. But it gets better. Okay. Because here's the thing. I I bought I bought one or two of these at Amazon. I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. I think it was two. Got them in and they're 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 fantastic actually. I really, really like them. The problem that I come into though is that the bins that come in this storehouse organizer, you cannot buy.
1: Okay, you cannot go buy those bins anywhere. You're talking so th- this is like a folding case, like a little briefcasey type uh-huh. form factor. Yes, and you're talking about the little bins that sit down they, they inside. That
2: sit inside, to where so you can, move the bins around. Yeah, or you can't swap. You cannot swap two small for one medium, and you cannot swap two medium for one large or back down the or
1: back down the ladder. Okay, so so why would you want the discrete bins outside of because the, the 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 cases come populated with bins. The, the cases come populated with
2: a mixture of small, medium and large bins, okay? Okay. But what if you wanted a case to store all of your LEDs, scroll through the show notes, Brent, and <laughs> and you wanted a case that was that was primarily consisted only of small bins oh. for color LEDs, okay? Okay. You can fit every color LED under the sun in one folding case and then haul that thing around with you. Then you would want a bunch of small bins instead of just a few, just like eight small bins, okay? Okay. You'd want a case full of 35 or 36 small bins or whatever it may be. The problem is, is that Storehouse, the brand that makes these, does not sell the bins. I went through Storehouse themselves, which they were very hard to find because they they're they're almost like some of the well i say almost but they're exactly like some of the house brands at lowe's and home depot Mm -hmm. you can get them through lowe's and home depot but you have no chance whatsoever of contacting the actual manufacturer okay yep so this is storehouse you 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 can you have you've got to do a lot of work to find a number to to get in touch with with storehouse and (laughs) nothing panned out Talk to them. Oh, try so you to get actually bins. try
1: to contact
2: them. Yeah, try to contact Storehouse to get bins. It's like I want a bunch of the medium and small bins. I don't want no, the large. Though no, no, Whitney, I,
1: I I'm I, I don't want to crush the dreams and hopes of a young arcade. Uh huh. He's not young. <laughs> exactly. Of arcade. I, wear, I do wear it well. Fan. Though. Yes. But my, I'm going to bet that Storehouse was just what they printed on the label it, it really was it yeah. really was there is no there is no such thing as storehouse
2: yeah. so yeah I, I i got that okay all right yeah okay. and so i contacted amazon i contacted harbor freight and I, I even went to the harbor freight group on facebook and say hey has anybody bought these do you know there's where a to, harbor freight group on facebook check it out dude there is a lot of discussion going on really? in the harbor freight uh tool group in the on harbor verse yes okay. and and so uh it's, it's it's the Harbor Freight Couponers Group. Uh, it's something like that. Check it out. Harbor, the, okay, the, the, I'm the looking pro- now. The problem with, with this storehouse, brand, Brent, is that Amazon, Harbor Freight, nobody sells bins if you want to customize your tray. The only way to customize a tray is to buy more storehouse and then swap the bins um, across, across, okay. across your storehouse organizers. Okay, that's a problem. So I immediately said, okay, that's not really going to work for what I want to do with these. So what I found is if you want to customize your cases, you need to do, you need to do something other than the storehouses. And here's what I've found. There's a case from Stanley. The model number is the 014725R. Okay. You can get these for $13 a case. At Zorro Tools, and I will include a link in the show notes. This Zorro is, Tools, Zorro Tools. Okay, and, and Brent, i bought a bunch of these at this point. Okay, <laughs> and Zorro, Zorro delivers. They delivers. Right. So they're the 2020 equivalent of Shop Jimmy. That's okay, exact, they are 2020s <laughs> Shop Jimmy. That's man. That's that's bringing up that's, something from that's the past, a callback. Isn't it? <laughs> that's a callback. Shop Jimmy. So here's the thing. They, the, the dimensions of the case are exactly the same. It's just that the bins inside this Stanley organizer are just a wee bit taller than the bins inside the Storehouse case. So the bins from Stanley and the bins from Storehouse will not cross over w- between storehouse holder the Storehouse case and the Stanley case, okay? But that is not a problem because Stanley does sell the replacement or add-on bins. So if you want to buy the small bins or the medium bins, I've got the, the link in the show notes and you can order them. And they are, as my buddy Alex would say, cheap as chips. Okay. The, they, they, cost hardly nothing. And you can, you can customize these Stanley organizers to your heart's content. Once you have access to additional bins and you can make these things any in any configuration no, that that's you want cool. them to be in, so it's
1: in. it's the same form factor as is the part the ones we were originally talking about the store the storehouse. Yes. Other than you can you can get the bins and Third do party, whatever you want and do yeah. whatever you want. That's exactly right. So is the is the and I'm going somewhere with this. I remember talking about this early on. Yeah. Does the top the the lid that closes it is gated. So d- does it have tracks or something it that does. will catch all the cups It sure does. so that stuff won't spill across? Perfect. That, yes, it does.
2: And it shuts in, in, in the clasps, lock the top down. The top has got tracks on the inside of the top to where it holds each of the bins in groups of four. OK, and the, the top shuts to the point to where none of the bins will leak over. And, and Brent, I have consolidated so much of my parts into these bins right now, and I keep them all set on their side. And I've not had a single washer one cross pollinate across across a cup yet. And I've had these things off and on of, of the bookcase shelf that they're sitting on numerous times since I've started down this path. So the reason I wanted to revisit this is because number one, I found a better mouse trap than what we talked about in December of twenty nineteen. And number two you can get these all day long at Zorro for $13 a piece. And number three, you can customize these to your heart's content with the third part, with the, with the I won't say third party, but they're sold through, actually through Bostitch, but they they are the Stanley bins. Uh, and I think Boston, I think Stanley is a division of Bostitch, actually. I believe they are I, I at this point. I believe they yeah. are at this point. So Stanley is a, quote unquote, a holding company, a division of Bostitch, and uh, Bostitch sells these bins. And uh, it works. So Whitney is a very happy camper. And I just wanted to make sure that I followed up on that discussion because I I, I mean, I didn't intend to steer anybody
1: wrong. It's just what you learn as you go. So I'm going to throw a link in here in the show notes if I can do this without destroying your notes. No, you're fine. And, and I may have talked about this a little bit when, when you originally talked about this, but do you remember me saying something about what Adam Savage of Mythbusters fame uses?
2: Yes. Yes, I do. So I
1: found... I found re- re- Revisit that real quick, though. I, I found the video, and then I actually... It, it, I'm just going to provide a link to the video. Let me see if I can find, get back here to the original. I, I, in, in searching for it, I, I had the video, and I had uh, somebody's, like, tool.net or some kind of page that that was gave a little blurb and a breakdown about the video. But the short of it is, is he uses this this system just popped in. Yeah. He uses a system called Sortimo, S-O-R-T-I-M-O. Okay. And I'm not sure where they're made at the the and I can't find it now or the, the, the little blurb I was reading that actually had the video I uh, here it is. I found it. It's it's uh mysortimo.us. So the, I believe they're they're somewhere out of out of Europe. I'm not sure which which country. The the little blurb I was Germany. It is okay because yeah. it just said a European company. Yeah. And these are kind of what you're talking about, only to like the thousandth degree. Oh yeah. And wow. Not only that do they have nice. the cases. With the little bins and then they're, they're also, you can mix and match as you want. And then the lids will also lock in like what you're describing. Yeah. Then they also sell large roll around like the, like in his video here, these things are like six foot tall on, on rollers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, he's kind of tall, so it's probably more like five foot tall. And all the cases lock into it. it yeah. This is commercial level type stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I'm looking at this. They're they're called the boxes, B O X X E S. In the boxes and cases, that's
1: exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah, that looks like
2: some nice stuff, man. It, no doubt.
1: I remember looking at this when I first saw this video. This video is from actually it's from 2012, and. They were pretty pricey. Okay. Well beyond what what we would probably want to spend. Yes, for yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. But it, it's it's kind of amazing. Like if you think this was state of the art in 2012, and look what you're doing now. I just looked up one of the boxes. You know what was the base box? What was the base unit? How much did it cost for the Stanley version? Just thirteen bucks. Thirteen bucks in yeah. the in the little cups. The small ones were a buck twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the what. The what did I say sortimo of or whatever? Yeah, I don't know what they run, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is just unbelievably expensive. Back when I looked at this a couple years ago, yeah, I'm gonna so the, so the so just how things have changed, how things
2: have
1: yeah gotten more affordable. To be honest with you,
2: yeah, exactly. So the base. Oh, whoa, whoa. The base box... Case. Is that like the briefcase type? Yeah, the briefcase from, from Sortimo is $64.
1: Oh, gee. Is it, does it come with any dividers? Or oh, any? yeah, yeah. It's full of dividers, but... It's $63. But
2: it's $63.90. So, I mean, it's
1: $64. Bucks. Jeez. And here you've got the exact same thing, perfectly serviceable, and it's thirteen dollars,
2: yeah, yeah plus or minus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, plus or minus. So, sortimo, gr- great. I'll file that away for the notes, but I'm going to stick with the Stanley. Quite yeah. honestly, I mean, and in, just call like, it. if
1: you look at the video, like, I'm I've got it stopped at two minutes and nineteen seconds, and Adam's got one of his cases open, and it's kind of neat in that. I mean, they they have gone a little bit of the extra mile. I see. One, two, three, four different sizes, and they've color coded the sizes. So like, you know, the, the rect the square is blue, the long rectangle is orange, the short rectangle is uh yellow, and the small like square is red. So y- you know, you can and you can mix and match them in, in, in any way. So they've got a multitude yeah. of sizes, but it just man. Yeah. I I, th- I think I could if if that's what you need and you're into them four hundred times a day and maybe there's a I'm assuming there's a level of durability that comes with the sixty three dollars versus the thirteen dollar Stanley but
2: uh, I I'm not I'm I'm going not thirteen gonna, I, I'm I'm not going to I'm yeah. going to get sortimo money out of yeah. it so I'm I'm good with the thirteen dollars yeah. Stanley, so I'll I'll just <laughs> stick with it but but I, I will say this I have it's neat to see it, it is neat yeah. to see. I will say this though, I have I have converted a lot of stuff over to these Stanley cases at this point, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I am very happy with
1: them. I'll, I'll just I'll just say that so it works out well. I I, I actually probably should break down and get a couple of these. Just is evidenced by, there's a boxer to your left, and it's got a bunch of new pinball parts in it—the stuff that I've just collected over time. Oh yeah, and then I've got some new odds and ends that I'm adding, and it's just—it's not efficient to keep it in a box and dig through it. You can't see it. You can't see it, and and then you forget what's in a box. Yeah, you know, and I I suffer from that as well. I got a bag of springs now. Inside the bag, there's other bags of specific springs with part numbers on them. Yeah, but it's just what? Oh my gosh, what do I have? Yeah, it makes it so much easier. Yeah,
2: it make it so much easier because it's like, well, I don't really even know what I have anymore. Yep. that That's the problem. Alright, moving on to number two here on, on spending Brent's money. So, this Brent is something that I figured you would be interested in. I know that I am. These are reproduction cinematronic monitor gel overlays. Now, this first one, or the one that I've got in the show notes, or the first one up, is for Starcastle, mm-hmm. because that's the one that this that the seller here on Klob really kind of started this whole discussion out on and the post and everything like that, but he has since expanded the availability on this and will also do armor attack, war of the worlds and demon as well. Now I did not see ripoff uh in this
1: list, but I There's not one on rip off.
2: The, oh, there's not no. there's not one on ripoff? Mm. Oh well then that that
1: settles oh, that. He's not on mine. Okay. Well then I because mean, sure you don't have not. that defined area in the play field. Okay, gotcha. So to speak. I mean, okay, gotcha. You got yeah. something in the center where all the the fuel cans that the the your jeeps uh, and stuff protagonists, protagonists are trying to or your enemies are trying to take away yeah but that gets all spread out over time oh okay so, yeah. gotcha okay fair enough armor tack yeah you've got that defined uh the cityscape yeah the yeah, cityscape
2: yeah. and the in the the trees and the shrubs yep. and the bush and bushes and stuff like that but but yeah so if you're if you're of of the mindset where you like me I have swapped a couple gel overlays and I've kind of traded up on my star castle over time. But the reproduction is to get a nice new, clean one, clear one, no scratch or anything like that. And it's going to set you back one hundred twenty five dollars. That's the only thing about it. So, so have you gotten one of these? No, I have not. Yes, yeah, so I, I but, was, but
1: but I am, but I am keenly interested in it. I will say that. So looking at it, it I can't tell if it's like pre curved to fit. The tube. It, it it is supposed to be. It okay. is supposed
2: to be drop in molded form, molded form. ready to go. go. Yep. Yes, because yes.
1: the original ones they're not thin like a, like you would think a gel like you'd put on a stage light. Exactly, they're pretty thick they're, yeah for what they are and they're and they're molded to fit the, uh-huh. the face of a, of a crt tube.
2: Uh-huh. You, just yeah. right you just drop it yeah. right on just drop it right on it and almost like a little like a suction cup without the suction it just lays right there yep. so interesting interesting enough this is one of those products that i i'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen reproduced before but considering the the materials and considering the potential size of the audience uh, I, I, I'm uh, again, I, I, I'm just glad that they're being made. The money on them is, is a little tough. I will admit it, it's, it's a little tough, but uh, I, I do think that if there is a need for it, then as with most everything inside this hobby, it, it may not be for you, but the good thing is, is that at least it's available if, if it were to ever be needed. Mm-hmm. So, so there is that. So uh, a couple items there, and, and Brent, those are uh, both of these actually are a couple of items that I did want to did want to uh, revisit just to make sure that I didn't lose track of because the the uh, the, the Stanley and the Bostich in the the whole storehouse discussion, I just didn't want that to get get away from me, you know, six seven months away from uh, away from us on the initial discussion, and the, these Cinematronic monitor overlays, they are coming and are supposed to be made available within the next month or so as far as as far as what i'm reading on clove so hopefully from a timeliness factor we we've got that we've got that going forward so Sweet. so there so there is that spending your money brent i promise that i will do better
1: next month <laughs> <laughs> all right wendy do you uh what do you say we move into some news and feedback
2: All right, Brent. We have got a fair amount of news and some feedback here for this month. And I'm uh, when sitting through and compiling all this, I was I was really actually surprised that so much has happened. But in, in I guess we bring this on ourselves because we cross over a few different types, of, a few different topics, and everything from the arcade side and the console side and the pinball side. It does create a fair amount a fair amount just to kind of catch up on, but i I, fi- I find it to be interesting that that's what that's what keeps it that's what keeps it lively so uh and even revisiting a couple things that we talked about last month that uh that honestly I, i'm I'm just so enamored with uh nba jam
1: and, <laughs> which i
2: told yeah. i didn't understand yeah I, I get it you know i totally get it because that, that even, game is so out of our I, genre I, I know i know and you know something but was, was funny is even like a few judge even a few people on the facebook page like a uh, listener friend of the show joe zinkas he was like i I, I, I don't get it and, and Victor Victor Marlin even when he wrote it even when he was talking with me he was oh, as we were talking on, about think, the Vectrex I, controller and, and your stuff Then he was like he was like I, I'm gonna have to revoke your arcade card he's like what are you doing talking about the one-ups and I'm like the, I'm like well I, I think for the
1: second time in one show I'm actually crying <laughs> I
2: was like well Victor I'm not saying that I like the I one-ups say, I don't care it, it's just like I just kind of really like the NBA jam one, you know so So anyway, so there's that, Joe. I'm right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Joe. uh, Yeah,
1: Joe. Joe put put it straight as well. No doubt about it. Okay, I just, I just don't invite me to an NBA NBA Jam tournament at your house. I get it. I get it. I mean, I might show up if the food's good. (laughs) I'll be out round one because I don't care. (laughs)
2: Tapping out. I'm going home. So. It's like it's like going to grandma's for Christmas, you know. We show up, but we only stay for thirty five minutes. Okay. Oh my gosh! So, in the pay it forward department here, Brent. Before we get on to just, I think some of the some of the timely news here. One thing that I wanted to make sure, uh, just to just to keep it keep it serious and, and keep it on point here for a second, is one thing that I did want to make sure that we mentioned is friend of the show Jonathan Wild uh, for for any anybody who remembers uh, me working on the Skyskipper project, uh, Jonathan was a big help uh, on laminating the cabinet with me and everything like that and he, he came up and spent some time with me and my family and just a, an absolute absolutely lovely person and I've seen him at, at several shows namely SFGE and he's just always been a big supporter of ours and a friend of the show. He ran into some medical issues and he and his wife started a GoFundMe to help cover some of the medical expenses. And uh, the only thing that I would I would say, I'm not going to get into the details on, on what happened. I'll just say that Jonathan had, uh, he had an accident on a ladder at his church and uh, he took a, he took a hard fall yes, absolutely. And, and it was a fall that really, really messed him up. And I'm so, I was so sorry to hear that. And Jonathan contacted me and uh, gave, gave me the link to the GoFundMe and just said, Hey, would you mind to, he didn't ask for a single. Penny. He's like, could you just spread the word because I need some help, and. And that that's one of those things that I want to make sure that that we do. I mean, we are a bit late just because of our release cycle, and then when Jonathan's accident happened. But the good thing about it is, is that this can serve as a bit of a round two push. And I just want to make sure that anybody who has seen his GoFundMe knows that it's a legitimate ask. Jonathan is not the kind of guy it ever that I would ever consider uh, that w- that would be trying to, trying to to run that for less than honorable purposes and so uh we we hope we wish Jonathan well We're glad to hear that that he's making some progress there, but if you find it in your heart and, uh, and you're able to, uh, to donate to his GoFundMe just to cover some of the, uh, expenses, it would be, I'm sure it would be much appreciated. Um, Jonathan's self-employed. So that creates its own set of, of, uh, challenges around covering medical expenses and things like that. So I get it. And my heart goes out to him. And we, again, we, we do, we just wish him the wish him the absolute best.
1: Jonathan's got some some pictures, um, on the GoFundMe. And, you know, I'm not, I I haven't read this yet. And, oh yeah, it actually mentions I was at my church, saw a microphone cable in a drop ceiling. And, um, you know, basically this, this incident, like you had mentioned, it revolved uh, around falling off of a ladder. Falling off the ladder. And and to look at these pictures, you're like, okay, how could, just a ladder fall caused this. And as soon as, as soon as I see these pictures, I know firsthand a hundred percent, even in something as air quotes, relatively low as how, I, I don't know what, you know, I say this low, I'm thinking of a drop ceiling at home. It's mm-hmm. probably like a 10 foot ceiling in yeah. a church. It could be the drop ceiling. That's 15 or 20 feet up in yeah. all honesty
2: or, or, or higher. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah even in even in a in a, in a lobby for, uh-huh. you're going to have a higher ceiling than you than you are in a home let alone in the main sanctuary area. yeah but my father was helping me here at, at at the house and he fell off of a ladder right here at the top of the stairs Whitney oh, man. and he was i'm going to guess Doing what we were doing, he was probably only four enough rungs up the ladder to maybe be three to four. He's a he's a tall gentleman, yeah. So he didn't have to get very tall to get to what he was helping me with. It's, um, it, it's where was I at? There's a little cubby that's at the that's above my stairwell that mm-hmm. makes use of some negative space within the walls of the house, and there's a there's a a redwood storage closet up there. Oh, okay. So I was actually in it mm-hmm. and he was helping me hold, uh, mount the door. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he broke, I think it was three ribs.
2: Oh my God. Just in that... Just in a three to four foot fall. In a three to four foot fall. And, yes. And,
1: it was unbelievable
2: yeah and Jonathan number one sorry to hear about that oh yeah yeah so, but but number I, I, two it just goes to show that we do not bounce back like no. like we like are depicted in the movies in and, and things like that Mm-mm. so Jonathan took a he took a hard and yes. high fall and he took a high fall and landed hard and ultimately it it messed up both of his wrists and and some other assorted and sundry items there that, that he's he's going to be challenged with and going through some rehab for and everything. So I, I would just ask that, like I say, if, if you're, if you know, Jonathan, uh, if you've been a recipient of his, uh, kindness and, and goodwill, whether it be on pinside side or on clove um, it, then, then definitely, uh, definitely take a look at the GoFundMe and then you can decide what you would want to do, what, what your heart would tell you to do, or you, you're, uh, you, you've got the ability to do. And uh, I know he would appreciate even just a, a good thought around that. But, uh, uh, yeah, certainly wish, certainly wish Jonathan the best. Cause uh, he's, he's one of the good oh, yeah, guys. Absolutely. One of the good guys. Okay. So Brent follow up from the last show the NBA Jam, the, the Arcade 1-Up, and I'm just going to mention this because when I saw the cabinet, I was immediately enamored with the cabinet. You know why? Because it looks like a big basketball. That's why. And I love it. Well,
1: and, he, and even... The, 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 these, this is a valid point. Yeah. I don't, it, I don't know if it makes the rest of this okay. Well,
2: it, you know something? It's just one of those things. It, the entire cabinet looks like a. it's got the texture of a basketball. Even the little riser platform does. All I'm saying is Arcade 1-Up did a really good good job with the art on this cabinet and it looks really good. Now, I'll say this, the price has been published, $499 available at GameStop with a July 2020 delivery date. Uh I'm I'm a hard pass on that at $500. It's not happening in my household, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that I don't enjoy looking at the NBA Jam cabinet. What, I just I think it's pretty sweet. So you know what'll happen is uh bingo yeah I'll, August, wait till, September. I'll wait till october and then i'm gonna yeah. pick, then i honestly seriously i will pick one of these up and this will be the one this will be the only arcade one up that i've got but it's because i don't have an nba jam and it's wi-fi enabled and i just think this would be a good so what a good you, party game
1: what do you do with the wi-fi uh you do
2: you play online with other people oh yes okay so
1: it doesn't like control a smart refrigerator or something no 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 no
2: no 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 no, no, no. okay you you can you can literally play if somebody if one of your friends has one of these cabinets you can play online against each other which is which is so go ahead go ahead and make
1: a note you and i will not be doing that that's fine that's fine fine. (laughs) but still that is a cool it it is is pretty cool it is pretty cool yeah it is pretty
2: cool and it's it's just got it's got the visual appeal
1: it's got pop to it um that's pretty cool from the aspect of um you, ha- you they did a little bit more with it than just take the code in an emulator Bingo. yeah that's that's yeah. exactly that, right that is pre- that is in
2: all honesty that's pretty it, it is pretty sweet so at four I'm not a buyer but at two fifty, I I,
1: I, might, I might be able I might be able to it justify looks, that looks looks like it might actually be like uh hap style bat sticks in it it does because and, and I say looks because the sticks have your your classic bat stick look to them uh-huh. but they are a little bigger than the than the the overall form factor of, of the way the game is scaled yeah. so it almost looks to me like yeah they those are off the shelf potentially off-the-shelf arcade parts yeah, yeah yeah and and I've got a
2: friend of mine um, at work that that has got several of the arcade one-ups and and he has told me that the quality on them has gotten consistently better with every with every model that that has been released and, and has time as time has gone by so, so
1: what other games are I, I see on the face of it it says NBA jam yeah and then it, it looks
2: like hang time and another oh. M- NBA jam tournament okay edition. so it's that jam it
1: tournament and then I don't know what hang time. I is. don't know what NBA hang time is either, but it, it doesn't tournament was a was a, a ROM swap on jam oh was it yeah okay gotcha so gotcha. It, it, I, I'm assuming it was the same basic gameplay but with features and, and things Pro- added, probably, so. probably and probably then I case. have no clue what Hangtime yeah. is. No,
2: neither do I I mean we'll, we'll find out at some point I just when I look at the arcade one-ups I'm like if there's anything if there's any one of them that would ever make me a customer it would be this one because I have no desire to play any of their any of their previous releases as they are are because i've either got the game or i can go play the game this actually offers a value add on on a cabinet that i probably would not want in my house due to space and time and expense um th- this this one's this one's got some appeal to it for what it is so i'll just i'll just park it there now Brent, on the pinball side, since we uh, since we recorded last month, there's been quite a good bit uh, pop up uh, on the on the news on the news reels on the pinball side. Stern has released, or I'm sorry, I'm, whoa, whoa, back that up. <laughs> Stern has announced that they are going to be releasing, and it's targeting a, a late March, uh, late March timeframe here. Looking on the uh, advertising slick, a three twenty twenty date. Where they're going to be releasing a contract game themed on heavy metal. So, I will freely admit we were talking between the recording segments. Heavy metal, the animated movie. Yes, yes. I'm gonna
1: go look it up for the date. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and I, I freely admit that I I never caught heavy metal when when it was quote i'm putting air quotes around this 81 okay 1981 okay i was 10 years old at the time i never caught heavy metal when it was quote unquote a thing Okay, so this completely passed me by when I was growing up, but I have, uh, I've talked to a few folks, and they are extremely excited about this, and they say that if, if, the, if the music lives up to the potential or of the, as, as we were talking, Brent, of the animated release, this thing potentially has got some legs. So it's, it's rumored to be uh, based on Star Wars, quote, The Pin, It's a re-theme of that uh, table layout and so I guess we'll just have to see late March as we're recording this uh, we're probably about a month away right now we'll have to see really what we get but uh, Brent I was reading through a couple of the threads or one of the threads on Pinside and then maybe one of the distributor posts on Facebook where this thing was going to ring the bell at somewhere somewhere in the upper high sevens or yep. low eight I saw that as well and, 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 and it's going to have a DMD display and it's going to be themed off of quote unquote a home game or, yeah it's a retheme of quote unquote a home
1: game I, I i i i don't know brent i i well, i just noticed I don't, too, I don't know that did the did the pin mm-hmm. have an actual coin door it did yes oh it did yes. okay because this actually at least in the slick has coin doors mm-hmm. like it's for for commercial use i i why why would the pin have a coin door the star wars the pin yeah it because did. it's I mean functioning at least, at least I thought it did I'll have to go look back. it up I'll have to go back and look so here's, here's my here's I mean, my take on I, this I, it did. I my impression is is this is a contract it says here in the the back. I guess this is page two the back of the the advertising slick Incendium I N C E N D I U M Star Wars the
2: Pen does have a coin door. Okay. It does not have it doesn't look like it has like coin return slots, but it has a door that opens. Okay. So yeah. this
1: actually this has what I would consider a classic coin door, at least from the slick, I can see coin shoots, I can see coin return uh, holes, and I can see a, a a knockout plate for a dollar bill acceptor. So does the Star Wars one not have that? It just no, has it does door. not. It it just, just has it just has a door. For, it looks like a door for just for like a coin access. Like, yeah, like a, like it's a, an access door. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this has got a, a an actual coin door and it with shoots and everything. Yeah, it does on the slick. Yeah, it, you know if so. Like I said, my impression is is that this, this says Incendium presents Stern Pinball Times Heavy Metal. So Stern is contracting, being contracted. Is there the contractor to produce this game for Incendium?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, and good for Stern. If if someone's going to come to me and say, hey, look, I want to take this. And can you build me a game and rethink if it's a retheme? How have they worked it out? F- fine. I understand that. Great. I, oh, I just, yeah. I what I don't understand is how is this relevant? And Whitney, you're pretty in tune with pop culture. I like to think I am, and, and, and I completely miss this. And you and here here's and I gave you the rundown on heavy metal. Yeah. I haven't seen heavy metal in honestly at this point, probably two decades. Okay. I own it. I've yeah. got it on laserdisc. <laughs> I knew some of the history of when it how that came about yeah. because it was a big deal when it finally was made available for home home video back in, I guess, the nineties. I'd have to go look that back up. Um, but it's not like a ghostbusters or back to the future or yeah. Jurassic you know, park
2: or well, yeah. even,
1: even Jurassic park still has more recent movies. You know, yeah. and that's, that's why I even didn't mention star Wars because star Wars has had a, a, a longer, you know, there's been more movies. There's been a lot of fan stuff, but ghostbusters is something that, you know, when the toys kind of stop, they stop. There's mm-hmm. the real Ghostbusters cartoon, but that's been gone for a long time. There wasn't any other movies until that rehash thing a few years ago that a lot of people don't really talk about, but it still lived on yeah. as a true I'd call that a mainstream cult favorite. yeah
2: yeah there's it had it earned its place in pop culture right.
1: yes, heavy metal I mean so did you do you remember the theater over on Lexington here in town? And the name of it is escaping me, but they're the ones that used to play. You may not the Vogue. The Vogue, yes, yes. yeah. They, they play. See, Brent, I'm I'm a little in tune. you so, are you yeah, are yeah because they they it, and I I thought maybe you weren't weren't aware of it not yeah. having lived in Louisville yeah but they they used to always run Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, yeah. yeah and you could go in and see Pink Floyd The Wall mm-hmm. and they would run heavy metal mm-hmm. but the Vogue's been gone for a long time like gone De- decades
2: yeah yeah gone gone, gone. yeah
1: I just. I don't see the audience
2: here. Well, and, and that's that's my question. Who knows what this is? It's it's going to be a very small subset of of the population at large, okay? I, I would think so at this point in time because, I, I mean, I had to go back and, and look it up and whether I'm – and I should not be used as any barometer gauge or, or thermometer for anything, but ultimately – uh, I I am a big pinball customer, and th- this is just something that completely just kind of passes passes over on me. But but th- that that's okay. I mean, going back and looking at it, it, at least if what I have read about it now, at least if it translates wholly to the pin, from a music standpoint and an art style standpoint, you've probably got something that that fans would like, heavy metal fans would like. I'm just left to wonder at the price point, because we're talking high sevens, low eights are the numbers that I've seen floating around. I'll say unofficial numbers I've seen floating around. I'm just left to wonder is how how many of, of the potential customer base, how many is going to be willing to spend that for for this? that's where I land. So I'm just, I don't see this as the same type of release as, uh, let's say in, in Elvira or a Mm -hmm. Jurassic park or a black Knight or, or really, I mean, in, in search of stranger things, insert your theme here. It just doesn't feel like that same type of release yet. The money, uh, the money
1: being asked for it is at least that, if not more. It's weird. I, so, I don't I don't get it. Personally. So let, let me just for folks that haven't seen the movie, let me just kind of give you. I'm not going to give you a synopsis of it because I, I gave Whitney a little bit of it. Yeah, and I can even do that. It, it, and granted, it's 20 years old, but the short of it is, is I think it's like four segments that are in different. Uh, it it, it this is this is pure. It, it's sci-fi type fantasy, sci-fi fantasy. Actually, that's the way just looking at real quick to get some cast and music reminders. That's that first line is its description in Wikipedia, which we all know is trustworthy. But (laughs) it it, it's these four or however many it is segments that are in different places in the, the the galaxy. It's not like just Earth based. Yeah. And it's different stories in different forms by different animators that have a common thread of this, uh, uh, I guess what I've remembered as is an orb. And that orb is seen in different ways in each of these segments, but that's the one common thing that ties these all together. Okay. And there was a, there was a ton of music in it. It, 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 let's see, like, uh, there's cheap trick. There's journey. There's Stevie Nicks. There's blue oyster cult. There's a lot of, uh, uh, folks in it that you would still recognize today by name. John Candy does a voice in it. Eugene yeah. Le- was it Levy yeah, does yeah, a voice yeah, in Eugene it. Eugene Levy, yeah. Uh, Harold Ramis is in it. Um, let's see, where was the other name that jumped out at me? Ivan Reitman. Have we all heard of Ivan Reitman? He was the producer of it. Yeah. So one of the producers. So I'll just leave it at, you know, you might want to check it out, but don't do it with kids and – um just i mean i've seen it several times i yeah. mean just, just i just want to warn you don't do it with kids it's definitely not something you want to share with yeah. the family yeah yeah and it 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 can be a little harsh <laughs> Fair in enough. places so Fair enough. well I, i'm going to
2: watch it because now my interest is peaked. i mean if there's a pinball that's going to be themed after it i would at least like to at least like to kind of quote unquote catch up on, mm-hmm. on what i may not
1: have i think it's worth the watch seen. now yeah. now again i've I'll probably, now that I've remembered this, because, I mean, I've, I saw it back in the day. I saw it back in the Vogue. Yeah. And I remember when this was on early iterations of cable, because this was one of the shows that was run late at night. Yeah. And and mom was like, don't watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's a cartoon, don't yeah, watch don't that. don't watch that. And then yeah. as an adult, it made me more interested to see it because I wasn't supposed to watch it as a child. As a child. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I I, I had... I. I'd forgotten all about it because I mean, relevant. Yeah, but now I'm interested to go back and see it again. Yeah, but, me, yeah. me,
2: too, me too. And you know something? I'm sure that as Stern mentions, uh, first ever or first ever uh, official heavy metal pinball made to order for a limited time so brent you mentioned is a contract game with incendium so i am sure that it's going to meet an immediate um availability restriction constriction however you want to look at it supply and demand was probably going to drive the price on this but um, i de- definitely definitely not not one for me but uh, it, hey that's the great thing about pinball is i'm, I'm sure it will find an audience it, it just it did just kind of catch me a little bit off guard now the next thing I want to talk about, Brent, is uh, and we we didn't really get to cover the release of Stranger Things. This, when Stern announced and released Stranger Things, it, it happened over the course from a timing perspective between our recordings, and then the way that we put our show notes together, we already had a full we already had a full slate. Uh, already planned for January, uh, before talking uh, before stranger things really, I think kind of hit the, hit the mainstream and, um, it just didn't hit the cycle for us to talk about. So uh, not going to spend a lot of time rehashing stranger things, either. uh, Let's just bullet down. Either you're a fan of the property or not. And that would probably drive your initial impressions on whether you would be a customer or not. Um, there's definitely a lot of groundbreaking technology that stern put into it H- great and happy to see that I think I think overall that that is good for the industry but where this really gets gets to be a um, a bit of a more deciding discussion topic is that stern just within the past week to two weeks have released what they call a UV kit for stranger things and this is a replacement apron. A, it looks like an LED driver board and then replacement plastics and some LED strips. And not all
1: plastics. It looks
2: like... Not the, all
4: plastics. slings. Uh-huh. A couple... It Look, looks like
1: some of the lower playfield yeah. plastics is what it looks like. The, the uh, out lane stuff, you uh-huh. know,
2: the return lanes. Yeah. 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 And and what's interesting about this is you retrofit either a pro, a premium, or an LE. And that's interesting. And that's, that's poignant because I do want to come back to that. And what this does is mode activated, which I'm assuming is probably uh, mode activated on when the player gets to the upside down or where or, or, or other modes within the game. And then the UV kit kicks on and it reveals artwork on the play field that was printed in UV ink that
1: is only visible When this kid is acting. See, now I thought that was the case too, but I'm, I'm scrolling between the before and after picture here because I think this after picture, I believe this crossed some of the Facebook groups, someone just Uh bathed once, once that was realized that this was a thing Yeah, and it was UV reactive ink. They just bathed it in UV light and took a picture of it. Yeah. And it looks the same to me. Does it? it?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I see. I see like a lot of like a lot of swells around the inserts and
1: everything that that are well, much more pronounced. Oh, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it. Like, I don't see a different face or. And, and what I'm going back to is, and please forgive me for bringing this up. Predator. Uh huh. He the, they did that with Predator, but when the UV when the light kicked on the uv printing revealed different things in the playfield like yeah. a path or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah yeah well i see
2: like a lot of lightning bolts that don't show that, that i'm not immediately seeing normally and and again i'm just looking at pictures but that that has been um, that, that has been definitely the general consensus and i i guess the crux of this Brent is this was printed okay so the the playfield was printed with uv reactive ink and this definitely looks like uh, it, this looks like it was planned from
1: the very beginning. I'm from surprised. A I'm surprised this lasted as long as it did I, before. Yes, because like like down here, if I would have had one of those games and turned on these black lights, yeah. it would have glowed. Yeah, should have it, lit it, up like Christmas. It, you'd be going, "What the heck? Yeah, it's like awesome, but what the heck? Yeah."
2: And so I, so I'm left to I, I am left to feel like mm-hmm. this this was something that Stern planned from the very beginning. And it feels. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It feels like it should have been included on the premiums and the LES, if nothing else. And uh, I understand optional for the Pro, just based upon the based upon the market and the the, the intended routing audience for the Pro. But I, I do feel that that this should have something like this that was obviously planned to interact with how the playfield was printed from the very beginning. It feels like Stern knew that this was coming all along and for the uptick on the money, it, it, it to me, it should have been in the premium in the LAs. It
1: wouldn't have been the $279. It shouldn't have been because, in effect, you're double buying your plastics in your apron. See, and
2: that's that's the yeah. problem that I've got with it. It might
1: have been a little bit more, but it wouldn't have been the full even at that and retail. That's
2: exactly right.
1: Because, let's face it, let's just be very very clear about this.
2: When you replace that plastic apron, what are you going to do with a plastic apron? I mean, it's useless. When you replace those plastics, and you would not have this kit without... Yeah, you're not th- th- going to go back. You're not going to go back to the original plastics with with the with the balance of this kit installed. So, what good are the plastics? That they're they're practically useless, and in in their, in their form as they sit right now. The apron is useless, and so I look at this, and for everything that Stern's including in the kit for the money, I almost see it as they. Honestly, sh- just should have raised the price of the pinball machine $150 and included this in
1: and called it a day, is what they should have done. Or.
2: They, you know, I'm kind of with
1: you because that would have been that that next thing that ever yeah they they would have now been the Jones that everyone uh-huh. had to keep up with that's exactly up with right. the Joneses. that's exactly
2: right I, I see this as a bit of a disingenuous move on, on mm-hmm. it from, from a customer
1: standpoint i like the concept the oh, idea, I love but the i don't concept. the execution <laughs> i'm just was like why
2: didn't you just yeah yeah, yeah the execution just does, it doesn't feel customer friendly at all and it doesn't feel there's the customer friendly I yeah you hit the nail it's on the not head customer there. friendly and it's not transparent and and i have i I take exception with both of those, and even though I I wholeheartedly adore the final product, I think it looks amazing. And you add it on top of the technological advances that are in this pen to start with, it really does create a very compelling package. I just do not
1: think that this was a customer friendly move well, at all. I, I, to extend that, I think that assuming that this is now the standard that that future <laughs> now. I've never seen Stranger I, I'm Things. I'm Tell you, I've got a problem with it. If this, if this is the future,
2: this, this is not. This is not fair to your customers. Well, I was going to say, I've never seen Stranger Things. Okay, so, but I, I have. I, it's I, I have. It's great. It, Jackie it, and Grace and I've watched it all. It's fantastic.
1: It, I understand the basic concept of it, and, uh-huh. and I think that that theme would lend itself to. To this spooky, ghosty kind oh, yeah. of sci-fi, yeah, and I'll, I'll we we talk about it every show. Ghostbusters. This would have been awesome, <laughs> awesome for Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, something like this. Oh yeah, UV reality. Oh yes, but totally. If, if so, so you're, but you're not going to turn around and I maybe maybe going back to the predator th- predator thing relating to a recent game from Stern, Jurassic Park. Where would you use this on Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Unless you used it to maybe do something with the island or the path you're on and yeah. light an area and fill yeah. the, I, I don't know, something don't know. like that. I'm or, sure. Or,
2: or maybe like Nublar is the, is the only part that's UV reactive on the play field. Yeah. And, and, and then you light it up and like es- escape from Nublar. Something, something that says this, this is special. It's, it's, it's fantastic.
1: Here's the value add. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where I'm going with this isn't talking about customer friendly. Yeah. If, if, Let's just say that some level of UV UV reaction is standard going forward. They've priced themselves out because the aftermarket will yeah. do better. Yeah, the aftermarket will do better. In in the,
2: the the way that this is quote unquote peddled to the customer, it it feels very tone down. It's like
1: the type. It's like toppers.
2: Yeah. Well, toppers. Here, here's the thing. I don't have a single topper for my machine, but I will defend a topper because a topper. Brings additional. No, I'm I'm I
1: in aftermarket.
2: Oh, oh, in yeah, the aftermarket. Now, yeah, yeah. granted,
1: the topper styles in your aftermarket are is generally different than the stern styles. Than I mean, the stern styles. The stern yeah. styles are a 3D like an object type thing. Whereas yeah. the aftermarket tends to be more of a flat, flat. Yeah, exactly. Laser cut. Yes. backlit. Back Yeah. Not very necessarily sta- interactive. Very static. Yeah. But if you want something up there, you can in you you just want something mm-hmm. to add to the game to draw attention to the game yeah and and you don't have to have the 3D R2D2 head. That's yeah. whatever. Yeah.
2: Then you've got an option. You've got options. You've got yeah. options. But but the thing, my, my my perspective on toppers are toppers are completely optional. Okay. They 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 add to the external experience of the game. Mm-hmm. They are not. I would not consider them quote unquote integral to any gameplay whatsoever. Okay. So Stern, they come out with a topper later on, and even even some of the most ingenuous toppers like the bla- the upcoming black night topper that's probably got to be one of the most awesome toppers amazing toppers I've ever seen the Star Wars topper R2D2 at least it's interactive with the game so there is that so is, is it better than most toppers yes from, from a functional standpoint But this Brent is something that was planned from day one, and it was something that was laid into the play field from day one. Now I feel like I'm being taxed just to get that basic feature functionality (laughs) back out of the pen that I paid for to begin with. It's I I don't I don't know. I I don't want to talk myself in circles. I just don't feel like this was one of Stern's best moves From, from a marketing and a transparency standpoint. That's that's me.
1: Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it.
2: Yeah. Now, on to happier times. On, ha- on on a happier note. Well, in all of Pinball's happy notes, man, I just, if I had a Stranger Things, I would love to have one of these. It would almost, it almost makes me feel like it's an essential part of the game, <laughs> but it bums me that I got to pay another $280 to get it. It's just. <laughs> just doesn't feel fair. Okay. So I didn't know, Brent, if this was, might be something you would be interested in. I, I I know that for the, for the, uh, for the, the group of the or the segment of the audience that, that are, that are big on, that are big on these, these art books, like, like myself, this is something that, that they may definitely find some interest in, but interest in, but bitmap books, is coming out with the next release or the, the next release in their compendium series. And this is for the Atari twenty six hundred and the Atari seventy eight hundred. The the pre orders went Live at the first of February, right right at February third. This book is going to be released in April of 2020. We've got a link to the show notes. Uh, all I can tell you is the the Compendium series they're amazing. They break down a lot of the 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 compelling and the groundbreaking art that are that are in each one of these platforms. They're a great history read, um, and it, it, I just cannot recommend them highly enough. I've got quite a few of the the Compendium books. For the platforms that 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 I was interested in growing up and still are interested in today, and uh, I, on February third, I, I pre-ordered my copy for sure. These these are absolutely
1: wonderful books. So, well, here, here's my problem. Yeah. First of all, we discussed my uh, non-reading. Well, there is, and that. then second of all, sorry, I'd yeah. have to get a bookcase. Yeah,
2: well, there is so that the, too. The, there's accessories. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to make another trip for you to IKEA. Is what I'll have to do. <laughs> So, so in order for Brent to buy this, he's got a backpedal on three hundred dollars worth of more investment, is what I'm hearing. So <laughs> But anyway, if if you are interested in this, I would I, I can only say I am a an extremely satisfied customer of the Bitmap of the Bitmaps books series, and this this will this will be good. Now this next one, Brent. I know news. Dude, this, this is like pre spend your 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 beloved stern Mustang has now gotten the color dmd play treatment oh and, look and, at that and let me tell you the video is good so colored this is the newest release from color dmd i'm watching it oh. the um it doesn't it look good i mean yeah. the dots and everything they
1: did they did a stellar job on this it's it's amazing how much i i, I like that game i know for somebody that you know my 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 classic cars of choice is choice is a pontiac yeah and it's
2: anything but a mustang (laughs) yeah but what i will say is and i will agree with you every single time i have played mustang i walk away from that going i really like that game it is it's fun it's got it's got good progression it's ju- it's just done well i think it's one of sterns underappreciated not, titles not listening watching yeah, watching fa- video fair enough <laughs> but uh, we'll have a link to the video in the show notes but yeah stern uh, sterns mustang goes color dmd i i just,
1: i put i had a smile on my face when i saw that because i'm like you know what it, there's th- that's got Brent written all over yeah it. i was talking to a, a buddy of mine just this weekend about some of the games i'm selling and uh he's digging around in the tempest oh yeah i'm sorry brent all i can tell you is it's about that time it's about that time, it's about that time. but anyway i didn't go mean ahead to, dig go no dig no no
2: i didn't mean to stop you foley go ahead artist for-
1: yeah okay yeah
2: okay. <laughs> slam okay. the door okay sorry about that keep on
1: going i <laughs> really right. want to get no. in that no, it's, door it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's you're a foley artist it, it's, Whitney. It's, a, it's a nervous tick. Not, it's i okay. can't help it i was talking to a, a buddy this weekend about you know talking about again the getaways and yeah. the firepower and all that and and um He's like, "Are you? What are you? What are you doing? Are you clearing space? Are you getting rid of stuff? Are you looking for something?" And he was talking about maybe a trade, and they, you know, I brought that up again. It's like, man, I, I really, I, I'm just, I'm, I just kind of want this, this floor space back, this garage space back. I want things gone. I'm yeah. really, i always talk about, you know, we've talked. This has been a theme all. Oh, yeah. The entire the, the show. last, yeah, I don't know how many. I was going to say this year, but only a couple, couple shows in. It's for a long time, for several shows, but, it, it, and, I, and I'm not in a hurry to drop any money on a pen. If anything, I'll be honest with you. This isn't a secret to any listeners of the show. I'm a little soured on it right now. Yeah, I'm it, just fair enough. I'm just yeah. It, it's I need a little breather. I've I talked, get it. I've talked about doing other things in the shop. Yeah, yeah several shows now but i keep doing game stuff you know (laughs) and and i intend to once these are gone Uh uh-huh and take a little break take a little break yeah yeah. i'm tired of don't don't even get me on the facebook soapbox and oh my gosh it now i will say it does give you and i some good laughs yeah oh gosh i'm telling you i laugh so frustrating good on some of that stuff the, the 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 uh, help groups and I'm telling you it's and a lot of the drama in some of the local groups and the general drama in the community and it's stuff that's always there I mean don't don't get me wrong but but it's definitely exacerbated because of social
2: media yes it is it is
1: And, and you're kind of darned if you do darned if you don't because there's some reasons that I still kind of like to use, I don't want to say need, like to use, personally, Mm -hmm. use Facebook, but there's all that excess stuff that comes along with it. Oh, yeah. uh, It's literally the castor oil that comes with the spoon. It is. is, It is. is. Yeah. But in all that, if there's a game that I would pick up, if one came by at a good price, I would would be really hard pressed to pass up a Mustang premium. Well, here's the thing. It's it's not a game that's on my
2: radar, but knowing what I know about the game, I, I can't fault you because you know just as well as I that every time you step up to it, you're going to have fun with it.
1: It's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good game. Yeah. There, every time I stepped up to it when I, when I had the opportunity to play it when it was kind of still out there, mm-hmm. I, I made me smile. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So. So there's that. and after seeing the video, it's like, well, if I had one, I'd have to get the color DMD for it because it, I mean the the, the dots on this just look stellar. Probably better than even some recent titles that I've seen. It just it just looks it just looks that good. So there, there's that. All, all right, right, Whitney,
1: I, I've is, I've lamented it is ru- time do your rummaging. it is, okay. it is
2: time. So. We have been uh, – okay, let, let me back up here for one second. We have teased this a couple times throughout the show. Uh, we have been running this contest for, what, Brent, the past two months now, I think. The past two episodes, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Two, two release episodes. We gave everybody ample, ample time to enter. And, Brent, I am very proud to say that the final tally of entrance was over 300 people across Facebook. Sweet. Across the website. And across Twitter. Okay. I had a lot of people contact me over the website, just send in a contact form. A lot of people did not uh, post a contact on, on the or I'm sorry, post a guest on the on the website. They would just do a contact form and just email in a number. And it's like, that's fine. I noted it down. Everything. <laughs> did
1: you get an email that just said 14 oh
2: yeah i just get emails with you know ninety two you know stuff like that and it's like okay duly noted i just made sure i saw the email address and, and logged it in you know date time and all that kind of stuff so brent yes final tally of entrance was over 300 we had a stellar response to this i was i was so proud of that and this is this is this prize is something that I wish that I could have won because even though Superman's not ultimately my favorite superhero, the art on this and the colors and just the how vibrant it is and it pops—it's just amazing. And uh, George Reeves' Superman is iconic. There's there's no doubt about it. And so whoever does win this uh, Superman seventy eight Translight, they've they've got something they've got something pretty neat. And we do want to give a special shout out to brad hunter at lit frames uh brad sponsored this giveaway he made all of this possible and i've been on uh regular communication with him and he he's a solid guy and, and we do we thank him for uh for offering this up for everybody and for the show so without further
1: ado i'm going to get into the coin door on the tempest
2: And I'm going to. I I
1: am. I am just giddy with excitement in that you're not looking and you're reaching around behind yourself, and I'm kind of expecting you to like, you know, just like catch something sharp. Yeah,
2: and and just a a paper cut that's not made of paper or something like that. But you you know what? Hey man, there was no. I know my way around. There was no excitement, at least for this segment of this, because you made it.
1: You made it through unscathed. Unscathed. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm happy yet disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, uh, i will find a way to hurt myself
2: <laughs> later on down the line okay now here we go we have got right here we have got the envelope that says uh well it's the envelope that i put into the tempest you know two months ago so anyway that, that i
1: forgot was that what you forgot was there whitney earlier was checking the lock the uh, cause there's no key in it right now no, he was checking no to see if it was. i was like whitney i didn't hide anything the, the one time i thought he was ahead of me yeah and he, i was like i didn't put anything in there this this month whitney <laughs> it's like dang it i wanted something <laughs> in there
2: so so here's the here's the time capsule envelope and i am going to on the front of it it says facebook post reply twitter hash, hashtag bt lit frame midnight february 15th eastern standard time we did all that everybody did all that so we're good so now we are going to open the envelope and i'm going to just Oh, man, that ought to look good on the waveform right there. <laughs> oh, it looks yeah. like... Woo-hoo. And then I'm going to pull out the piece of paper. And it's ex- it's an extremely large envelope. <laughs> it's about eight foot that, deep. That I have to dig <laughs> real far into in order it's to pull this piece of paper back largest out. largest envelope <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, got it. Okay, we got that. Remind <laughs> me never to buy those envelopes again. Those are just plain mean is what they are. You're at the same time a wonderful... But a terrible Foley. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, we run we run on a podcaster's budget, oh my so gosh. this is all we got. Okay, now, the piece of paper, I'm extending <laughs> it to full length so that I can see this from top to bottom. Oh, she should hear him do his horse gallop. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like a herd of Clydesdale. <laughs> it, that it does, falling down a stair. And the winner, the, I'm sorry, the winning number is number 523 right here on the piece of paper. And the winner who guessed that on the nose, number 523, is Eric Warren Thorsall. And so, Eric, uh, you will be getting contacted from me. I will pass your information along to Brad Hunter at Lit Frames. He will get in contact with you to get your shipping information. And congratulations, Eric. You win the Superman
1: 78 Translite. So, done and done. Please tell me that they're not going to put that Translite in the same type of envelope that that (laughs) number of (laughs) was. Let's just put it this way. Brad does
2: a better job of shipping the Translites than I do of getting paper out of envelopes. Eric will ship you
1: a machete. And, <laughs> and, a, and a lawnmower and a can opener. <laughs> well, Just congratulations, like, yeah. Eric! Congratulations, I, I Eric! Am, that, that is a it made it sweet. Yes, yes. it is. It you is. You know, this is. Um, I mean, Christopher Reeves was my Superman. Exactly, you know, my, every, my Superman. You, you can yeah. you can judge someone's age generally by who their their um, superheroes are. I almost said they're Roger Moore, yeah. who their James Bond that's, was. That's
2: true. You yes. know, and, yes
1: uh, or their Batman, you know, uh, Michael Keaton. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christopher, this, this, this is sweet. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's beautiful. And so, yeah, th-
2: thank you, Brad. And uh, Christopher French, you did a fantastic job on the art. And yeah, again, Eric, congratulations. Thanks to everybody who who played along, submitted a guest. We certainly appreciate it. it. worked out. worked out really well. All right, Brent, we're almost here to the end. We've got just a, a couple of uh, emails that were submitted in. And, and an, read, an iTunes review. And read, an iTunes read. review. And Brent, read this one because I want to see your face as you read it because I laughed at out loud when I read this, okay? Well, it's from Cool
1: Monkey87. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it is a five-star, it's a review. five-star review. It's a five-star review, five-star review. And it simply says, cannot describe because of how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Thank o- you. I, I, the only thing I could say is is that uh Mr. Monkey Oh, or Mrs. Monkey, as the case may be, as the case may be. Uh, perhaps you should reevaluate your standards. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. But nonetheless, thank you. nonetheless, and, and, you, thank you know, as a reminder to everybody, pl- give us an iTunes review. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, we've said it a million times. Whitney and I do this for the love of the hobby. We don't make any money off of this. We don't monetize it. Oh no. Uh, We'll try to sell a shirt occasionally at a show and we'd love to sell out of what we've got so we can do another run. Exactly. So if you see it as a show and you'd like a shirt, come up, talk to us. We'll try to make you a deal. Exactly. But if you, uh, if you review us on iTunes then we get out there a little further mm-hmm. and our audience gets a little bigger. It does. And a few more people get to hear us and, you know, maybe share and, and learn about the products and stuff that we find and we yeah. talk about. And, yeah. And you just, know, hope,
2: just the overall ho- love of the
1: hobby. You know, hopefully learn from our, our mistakes. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. that's what this
2: entire experiment has been. Exactly. So that's it. That's it. All right. And um, and so we, we've got a couple emails here, Brent. I'll I'll, uh, I'll run through these here real which fast. Because
1: we've discussed my inability to read. It, it's, so it's, which, all, it's all good. Yeah, 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 we got to square one. I, I can't. The, the font is too small. I'm gonna have to put <laughs> well, my cheaters no, back. No on. No problem.
2: Hey, the one thing I am going to tell you though, when you <laughs> assemble that IKEA display case, you're in for it good because that's
1: all done with pictures. <laughs> so you're you're so, solid. So you, what? Okay, here's an aside. Here here is coming to grips with getting a little older. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If I have got my contacts in. I have to have on cheaters to see up close. Yeah. If I've got my contacts off and my glasses on, uh-huh. I have to take my glasses off to see, see up, up close. close. If you have nothing, you can see up close, crystal clear. Exactly. Yes. So I'm down here and I'm working on the high speeds, mm-hmm. you know, the, the current bane of my existence. Mm-hmm. And I generally do it with my contacts out. Cause it's just easier on my eyes overall, mm-hmm. you know, around the house, no contacts. And I'm working, I'm doing my thing then i have to turn around and find something uh-huh so i can't see yeah so i have to have to shift over to <laughs> one of the pinballs and then lean over it uh-huh. to find what i'm looking for uh-huh. but and then I can't find it because the the area that I can see is only like eight uh, or 12 inches because I'm so close to it. I,
2: I know. It's, then, fru- it's
1: frustrating. Then I can't find my glasses <laughs> because somewhere in this sea of tools and parts, my glasses have faded in yeah, I know. like, like they're camouflage. They're camouflaged. They're camouflaged. They, they have become one with everything else. Then there's been, oper- there's been times where I recall having heard something hit the carpet yes. and I think it's a lamp or something. Yeah. And I'm like... Was that my glass? <laughs> it, so then it's like I'm walking on eggshells because uh-huh. I'm trying to move around and not crush glasses that invariably are not on the floor. Or not there. So yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. right. No, trust me. All I can say all, is- w- you're not alone. We've all been there, or mm-hmm. we will be getting there. Oh, trust me, yeah. I'm 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 there,
2: and it's it's not fun. So okay, all right, it's part of it. Uh, I've derailed us. Go <clears throat> so ahead. It's all good. So this is uh, this is from listener Dick Curtis, and th- this this was very very sweet. I, I really did appreciate this. He said, uh, "Hey, I was listening at work, had to turn it off so as to not get tears on the multimorphic pinball parts because I work there. I've had lots of pets come and go over the years, and deciding when it's time never gets any easier. My current dog is a rescue named Lawler." Yes, for Pat. Oh, half Rhodesian Ridgeback, oh, half, oh. half Dachshund. Oh wow! He said, no, I can't picture how it <laughs> happened either. <laughs> Don't want to. And he says, "Thanks for sharing your story, Dick Curtis." So I, I did respond back to to Dick and, and thanked him for uh, for sending something in. And uh, yeah, glad to hear that. Uh, Multimorphic has got us on. That's awesome. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's very very we, much appreciated.
1: We, ha- we have said this so many times. There are so many people that, that, I mean, literally that I could name yeah. that we need to follow up with. And it's just, it's not that Jerry is in multimorphic is one and, and I, I've not met Dick. I may, maybe I have at a show and just didn't realize it, but I mean, these are people that we need to, yeah.
2: I, I don't know, I, maybe I, 2020 I
1: know. will be the year where, uh, I know the, the last year and a half or so your work schedule has been crazy. My last five to six months have been insane. Hopefully twenty twenty will give us a little breathing room. We can catch up with some of these people.
2: I, I, I know, I hope so. And it's just one of those scenarios where, trust me, it's not it's not the lack of desire or intent. It's just order of operations, yeah is what it is. And that and that's exactly what I will call that. So I, I, I get it. And I I would love to do a better job at that as well. Mm-hmm. So Um, next listener, Peter Gibbs, Peter writes in, he says, Hey, I'm glad you guys are still going strong. I'm a big fan from Australia. I thought this was interesting. It's a Nintendo versus PPU changer, allowing you to use any PPU, the the picture processing unit, any PPU for any ROM set. I'm not familiar with the site or the product, but it might feel a need for some, Uh, He said, I also emailed you a while ago about international iTunes reviews. I left a review a while ago, and it only seems to show up in my region. I'm just hoping you you aren't missing out
1: on lots of feedback. Cheers, Peter. You know, that is a... We'll get to the PPU thing in a second, because this is amazing. (laughs) Um, Isn't it, though? And and, and I I have opinions. Okay. Uh, But... I had forgotten all about that, and Peter is hundred percent right. Yeah, he, he's right. I mean, I've gone back and looked it up, and he's spot on. Yeah, and, and, and one the show that jumps to mind—I know we've talked about this in the past—is Star Trek: The Next Conversation. That show, they—they uh, they have a, and and I've—I've I've realized, Whitney, I am really behind on that. I, I, I love the show, but I shifted away. And I'm listening to other shows and other areas just to, for a change, mm-hmm. and I, I've let some stack up. And I, I can't re- the, the 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 captain's club or the the generals or what what is it called in. Starfleet, a captain, then admiral. The Admiral's ad, ad, Club. Ad, it's the admiral. It's uh, the, not admir- admirable. It's it's ad, admiral. It's admiral. It's the yeah. Admirals Club. The Admirals Club, and, and yeah. that revolves around people that have left, like iTunes reviews and the like. And they've actually had to ask people if if you're out of the U.S., mail them in. I had not wow. thought about okay. it because they can't see them. Yeah, oh, man. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. See, and it's something
2: that that I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I went back and after I saw Peter's email, I started reading. Up on this, and I'm like, man, he's spot on. I, it's like, there's uh, we don't see this stuff, oh, and it, it, I don't understand that. I, why I don't Why that, is that not? It's an Apple thing,
1: and so good luck trying to figure that, that out. I mean, at se. least as an, as an iTunes yeah. publisher, mm-hmm. you would think that we'd have a dashboard or something that would allow yeah. us to see, yeah, see that.
2: Now, here's one thing that I will say is I have. I have since Apple has transitioned over to uh, Apple Podcasts and moving away from iTunes as as an app and a platform per se. It's still on Windows, but on Mac and everything, they're they're actually decoupling iTunes into a, a series of different apps. It may be different. If if I were to ch- if I were to log, log into Apple Music and then look at podcasts and then and then see something there, but th- that just is on the to do list and I've just not done that yet. And it would be one of those things that would suck an hour out of the day just trying to just you know starting to sort sort through all that. At some point, I need to do it though because Peter hits home on a, a, a problem that we just don't really right now have a ready solution mm-hmm. for.
1: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, down to the. So I had heard long ago that something like this was coming, but what I had heard was was being worked on. Was the, the universal PPU. Yes. yes. So yes. I envisioned it, whether it had a dip switch bank or something, and you can say if I wanted to be um, a... Uh, a Co Four O Three, you switch this, this, and this on. Yeah. Or yep. if you want it to be uh, a Co Five O Three, you switch this, this on, off this thing. But this has to have a C PPU. Okay, no big deal because you can use any, any. Yeah. So you it, can it, get one of the cheaper ones. Right. It's a daughter card. Let's just right. say it
2: that way. It's a daughter card. Your PPU goes into the the existing PPU on your versus board.
1: One or both goes into. So I'm actually going to jump up and run past you. I'm going to. I didn't realize this was coming up. I'm going to grab something out of the shop. So okay, keep, that, that's keep fine. Just keep yeah. So,
2: so depending upon what configuration of a versus board that, that you have,
1: and hi, this is Brent. I'm down at Whitney's Mike. I know I'm really close. Can you smell my cough drop, Whitney? Uh, yes, it's <laughs> mentholatum on top of that. So, um, menthol on top of that.
2: So. You install the PPU into this daughter card, install the daughter card into the socket where the PPU came from. It has a, it has a bank of dip I'm switches back on through. it. Hold on. Okay. Everybody. Fair enough. Did you bring a cough drop for me? That's I'm, the question. I can bring one. No, I'm, I can I'm, I'm, I'm good, man and then it has a bank of dip switches uh and then it looks like also a, a logic chip on it as well uh, that I'm uh, that I'm sure is doing the translations based upon how the dip switching uh, the dip switches are set but ulti- ultimately this allows one PPU to act as a different uh model PPU the versus board is supposedly unaware of this change so uh,
1: all right so what i have yeah is yeah, and it looks like it's on the list. I have an RC, and I got my cheaters on RC two CO three, and that's that is on the list. Yes, that well, that's this is it. it just it, yeah, RP
2: RP two CO three.
1: No, this is RC. Oh, does it? Okay, all right.
2: I, th- so, I think that would still be the same. Quite okay, honestly. is it? because
1: yeah. this this is a PPU for a PlayChoice ten. Oh, for a Play Choice 10. Yeah, that might
2: be different because those are the same PPUs that are in uh, a NES, a Nintendo. Entertainment uh, they Center. are compatible. Compatible. Because Thank you. Compatible. W-
1: yeah. H- h- the deal with this correction, was correction. Compatible. These yes. were these were in PC. Um, these were these were in PC 10s, and then of course those ba- they, those ran more or less Nintendo NES software. Cartridge. Yeah. Right? Nintendo cartridges. Yes. But these PPUs were in demand by modders who wanted to RGB mod, mod NES. the NES. And yeah. you had to have this PC-10 PPU. And these got... I haven't checked on this recently. These were stupid, stupid price, money, Stupid money. Stupid yeah. money. Uh-huh. And I, that's why I was just wondering if this would support... So the, all the... It's been so long... since so This is an RC, whereas all the... All the Versus ones are RP, I think. Yeah, so I think there's a difference between RP and RC yep. two CO three. Yeah, yep. I Based upon
2: what you're saying, yeah, that that came out of, then I, I guarantee there is a difference. Okay. I was thinking that um, there 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 may not be there may not be a functionality difference. It could just be a run a run series or something like that that was just labeled differently. But if you're saying that came out of a play choice ten then that, that could definitely account for it. But from this listing, it's all of the RP2 series PPUs, the CO4, the CO5, and the and the CO3. Mm-hmm. And then variations within the CO4 and the CO5 is, is what we're looking at. The one, the two, the three, the four, and the CO5s, and the one, the two, the three, and the four, and the CO4s. Now, so, and, and granted,
1: I have no idea how this works what is it's just shocking to me that you have to have a seed and that it's obvious that whoever designed this knows enough to figure out how to go from any to any so so i guess but they still have to have an original yeah so i guess i don't that's the part i don't get why can't you just emulate one in fpga yeah and be done
2: yeah exactly I, i i don't know and maybe it maybe it is possible to do and nobody's done it yet or maybe this is literally just taking the outputs and based upon a matrix flopping the outputs to different inputs and so or different different out different inputs as the board would expect to see them so ultimately this this seems like the the less elegant way to solve the problem but still 110% wholly functional at the same time Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so did you actually click the eBay link? I did. I looked it's at the eBay link. It's a hundred and forty dollars. hundred and forty dollars plus. Let's see, twenty dollars shipping <laughs> for such a small little item. Where's it coming from? Is it coming? Is it stateside? Is that twenty dollars to me because it's coming from? It looks.
2: It looks. Yeah. Uh, uh, Austria. It's. it's yeah. An, it's coming from Austria. Okay, it's coming yeah. from Austria, so I can understand the twenty dollars. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But ultimately, uh, yeah, it's one hundred and forty. It's one hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Now, here's the thing: I'm a I'm as big a fan of the versus system as anybody. I don't know that I want to gamble one hundred and forty dollars on this. At this point in time, so um, well, so I, I'll I'm, tell you, I it seems ingenious, it seems, ingenu- it, it seems uh, you know, really ingenious, and
1: I, I'm not downplaying this person's work at all. Oh, no, I, I just but when I'm looking at it at a $140 price point, I'm trying to figure out where the market is because I'm not aware of a versus PPU that's that expensive. Is it worth somewhere if you want an ultra rare PPU to, to get a st- cheaper ppu and this board mm-hmm. even if the cheaper ppu was 20 bucks me brent griffith setting here i'm 130 i'm a, okay so i'm 140 plus 20 shipping I'm 160, 160, 160 i'm in. 180 bucks in if i if i just guess in 20 bucks for a for a the common a PPU, common a CP, common ppu, PPU yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be some I, I have been shocked at the going rate of some video games and pinball machines. So this may be a completely viable thing, to be I, honest with you.
2: It may be. What I will say, though, is that ultimately this is just a step saver. Okay? Because... Six to seven times out of ten, you're going to be changing the ROMs on the board anyway. So you're changing the ROMs to get to a different game. If it requires a different PPU, this just saves you from swapping a PPU and wear wear and tear on the socket. Just flip your dips. Just flip the dips and go. Is it really worth that much, or do you just take your screwdriver and pop the PPU out and put the new one in? This would this would save wear and tear on the PPU's. There's no doubt about that, and the PPUs have not been duplicated in any way, shape, or form, to my
1: knowledge. Not yet, anyway. So, so I just looked at PPUs on eBay, and of course, these, these are running auctions. I didn't click completed. So yeah. here's a here's the Play Choice 10 one that I've got in my hand. Yeah. For $155. And yeah. This person apparently had a bunch because it's got 15 sold. Yeah. There you go. Um here is a RP202CO2. And it's sixty bucks. Here's the same one for thirty bucks. I don't know. We yeah, we would have to yeah. go, through them, yeah, yeah, go through. Yeah, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, I just I, I didn't know that there was a PPU for PlayChoice that that got anywhere near the the, the dollar for as as a PlayChoice. Yeah. uh for versus that got near the the PlayChoice yeah. PPU yeah. price.
2: It's it's, it's nuts. It, it really goes nuts. And a lot of the Nintendo Versus boards. And, um, the daughter boards and everything, they have just gotten sky high as well. I, I've, I've seen people request, you know, put out on Facebook that they're looking for versus Gradius, uh, Castlevania boards, sky kid boards, and you know, the, the daughter, the daughter cards for them. And the, the money is just, I need to get down my versus outlandish. box.
1: I know I've got a couple Dr. Mario's yeah. I've got, I've,
2: I've got a. I've got all mine documented. I need to dig it back up and just see, but I've got a handful of PPUs and, and a lot of the daughter boards right now, but I, I mean, I'm
1: not incented to let go of them because the
2: reacquisition cost is yeah, just too
1: I high. Yeah, I plan on keeping my Versus and I've got a dual monitor play choice that I'd like to put down here. And I've yeah. got enough stuff to do a dual mo- a single monitor play choice, but right. I'm I, I since I've gotten the dual, there's no reason to, yeah. to do the single. Yeah, I, I get that.
2: I get that. But yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting. Peter, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for writing that in. I, I mean, I had, I did not see this until Peter had directed me to it. And I, I thought it was interesting. I figured you get a kick out, out of seeing it as well. And that's just, it's just kind of the cool stuff to put, yeah. to put yeah. out and just, be, in just because
1: we don't see it. Cause like I said, I, I'm shocked daily at what's what things are kind of going for and getting um, someone listening to us may say, Oh no, that makes perfect sense. And this is why, and, and, they may not have known about this. So no, that that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is. All right, Brent. So that brings 88 to a wrap. Um, we are, Oh, I tell you Let's what, touch on Arcade. Arcade. Let's touch on a
2: little What? I'll, I'll hand the mic to you to do
1: that. So that is coming up. And by the time you get the show, you should have roughly a week still roughly, to, to, roughly to react. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know, within the first week or so, well, definitely within the first couple of days of, of it going live. So it's six, March 6th, 7th, and 8th here in Louisville, Kentucky. And then just check out with for all the information, uh, exact location. It's in, it's at the same location that it has been in the past, the past several years at this point. Actually, mm-hmm. every year since year one. Uh, except for year one. Yes. Yeah, except for year one. So... Mm-hmm. Check it out. The, uh, the, was it the last show we had, uh, Corey and Joe from, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember our show numbers here versus it was 87. It was 87. yes yeah. so, Okay. So 87, uh, we had the, 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 visit from, uh, Corey and Joe and they talked all about the show. What's going on. Make sure to check out their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Because you know they're having guest announcements and all the things that are that are happening as they're f- finalizing uh, prep for the show look up their Facebook page for me Whitney while I'm yammering on here sure so the other thing to keep an eye on is our social media mm-hmm. and as we mentioned at the top of the show this year Friday and Saturday night we will do our annual live stream from the show talk about what's happening at the show and you know anybody we can pull out of the crowd, Celebrities, if you will, average people out there playing, friends of the show, Maxine, if yeah, you can hear exactly. her bark, barking, yeah. we'll have them on. And, you know, if you're, um, if you haven't listened to the live stream before, don't think that it's just us just railing on every little thing. Not railing, that's not the right word. I don't want you to think that you're, that you're going to get like a super fomo fear of missing out i mean you will because you should be there and it's awesome and you know (laughs) we're going to talk about that but those shows man we're liable to talk about anything and everything within our our sphere you know our not just whitney and our whitney and mine ours is in you everybody everybody pop culture stuff we'll talk movies we'll talk obviously arcade and pinball we'll have again locals from the show Sit down, talk to us. Should have the kids on again this year. I know Grace likes to make an annual oh, yeah. appearance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my, yeah, my look forward Gareth, to that.
2: Yeah, everybody. So it's We're, it's good fun. It,
1: it'll be Friday and Saturday night, seven p.m. Eastern. And uh, you know, we'll we'll broadcast, or excuse me, we'll put out on uh, on Twitter and Facebook the links. Mm-hmm. And who is the company we use? Mixlr. Thank you. Yeah, there's a company, and I'm not going to throw it out there because I'll just add confusion. But for some reason, I I know. Other uh, sister shows have used them in the past. And for some reason, that's the company that always comes to mind. Spreaker. And there, go, Whitney yeah. does it. No, yeah, it's, yeah that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So MixLR, and it's just MixLR slash broken token. That's it. The cool thing about MixLR is you don't have to have any special app. You don't have to have a login. You can go right to, you can do it on a mobile phone. That's actually how we test the setup. Mm-hmm. If you keep an eye, if, if you follow us on MixLR, you'll probably see us go live you get a notification yeah, yeah. Uh, on thursday yeah uh, or friday morning at the latest and it's generally me sitting there babbling into the microphone and whitney giving me hand signals from across the floor listening to me on his airpods and his iphone <laughs> as we dial in the mics that, and everything get yeah. our levels right yeah, so it, it
2: works out well
1: you don't need you can do it right in a browser. Mm-hmm. You can do it right from a phone. You mm-hmm. don't need a client. No app. Any, no, no app. Anything. Nothing special. No login. No login. No login. No anything. No account. Anything. Just and I don't, in the browser. I don't guy. even think you need an account to do to participate in the chat. Do you? I think you can just put like your name, like Brent, and and yeah. just and let it fly. And just let it go. Yeah, there's yeah. a chat that runs with it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. So That's it. works out well. Mixlr slash Broken Token again uh, fr- that Friday night. So that Friday is going to be the sixth,
3: mm-hmm. yes. and
1: then Saturday is going to be the seventh of yeah. March, seven p.m. Eastern. Yeah, and we typically go for what two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah, about three, that. Yeah, 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 about that. And I then mean, we will run those shows in the regular release cycle. Yeah. So you you will hear those shows if you if you miss the live show or a portion of the live show. Yeah.
2: Because typically we don't do a studio episode in March. It's, we, we just, we run the live broadcast as, as the, the March show. So you, you get two shows in March and probably somewhere between five and six hours of content. It's, it's just as we get them edited and packaged, then they'll, they'll show up in the podcast feed a little bit later in the month.
1: Did you find their Facebook? Is it, is it just facebook.com slash Louisville arcade, Louisville arcade. That's it. All right, Whitney, we're, where can we be
2: found? All at? right. We are available on uh, social media at Facebook.com slash Broken Token. Uh, Twitter at Broken Token. Our website is broken com, and we can be found uh, all over your, your. I, I would say, your normal podcast haunts. We're available on, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the Google Play Store, uh, Spotify. And you know something? I, I have... Uh, I say Spotify. I, I, I thought that I had searched us and found us. I need to go back and make sure that my submission got in because I did submit us for Spotify. Make sure we actually got in there. Yeah, make sure we actually got in there. But uh, nonetheless, Spotify, if if, uh, if it's not working for you, I will make sure that we get it fixed. But I will say, episode 88, uh, we have covered a lot of ground this month, Brent. <laughs> We've been everywhere and back. And what, what, what did Bilbo Baggins say? Uh, what? It was there and back again, wasn't it? So it, it was one of those. Something to that. Effect. something yes. to that effect <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, but listen we had a good time thanks everybody for listening definitely want to congratulate uh eric for winning the uh winning the Translight. and uh thanks thanks again for everybody who participated uh we love everybody and we look forward to uh, seeing you next month uh, in the meantime we'll say keep your quarters clean and game on
0: Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening.
1: The Broken Token podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzy.
0: And that's me
2: music for the Broken Token podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com.
1: Go Team Fierro! Test, test, test. Hello, Broken Token, Classic Arcade Pinball Podcast. Test, test. I know, whatever. Test, test, test. We good? <clears throat> We're good. Hold on. It's going to be an outtake. <laughs> I got the cruds. <laughs> Pinball went boom.